It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Let's welcome in the team. Hello to you, Dean Watling, DeanWatling.com. Yes, good morning, fellas. Massive weekend. And Mitchie Lewis, mate, you're on the stinger on the opener. It's, it's a nice way to start a Monday morning. Hello to you, Mitchie yeah. Lewis. Hi, boys. Yeah, that, you know you've made it when you're in a stinger, haven't you? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was a ripper weekend. Yes, you do know. You do know. You, you do know that you've made it when you're in a stinger. Ghetto, ghetto. Yeah, morning, G, Mitchie, Dino. Good to have you uh, on the stinger now, Mitchie. I love I, it. I saw Dino there. He stayed with me across the weekend. <laughs> and um, what a very interesting times in our life. Uh, <laughs> Dino, you were you're in fine form on, on and off the track there, and um, I'm just wondering how you pulled up today. Yeah, I pulled up um, res- uh, yeah, surprisingly well. Okay. I think um, yesterday was a bit of a struggle, but hey, it's Monday. You got to reset. You got to get on with it. But no, you it's do. one of the better weekends. Spending good time with some good mates and yourself, G, across the Cox Plate day. Oh, oh, day. Is that a whack? Yeah, it was a great day, Cox Plate Day. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Last time I saw Dino, I was passed out on my toilet, but I'm good to see he's recovered. <laughs> he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a great man, Dino. Hey, um, let's have a chat about this weekend's racing because the highlight was, of course, our great race, the WS Cox Plate. Zaki claims King Colorado. Of blood is right there. Romantic warrior four deep, a length and a half off them. Mr. Brightside off the fence needs room, and then came Jewess into the straight. Alligator blood at the 200 took the front. Romantic warrior the outside. Alligator blood at the hundred. Romantic warrior Mr. Brightside still alligator blood. Mr. Brightside coming at it with romantic warrior. It's a photo finish. Mr. Brightside or romantic warrior. It's a photo finish. Alligator. Thank you so much. I've got so much faith in this horse and, oh my God, I thought I got beat. And the camera didn't follow me. And I just went, oh, I can't say what I said, but I can't believe we won the Cox Plate. <laughs> it means so much. I've had so much to do with him. I've been singing his praises, how much he's improved. I needed to get a good run. And I felt I gave him the best possible run I can. and could, I should say, and uh, we won the good fight, baby! And second, I want to say, I come from China, Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Jockey Cup, Danny some team, thank you very much! <laughs> I'm very happy, I don't know how to tell you how happy I am, but I tell you, I'm really, really, very happy. I like to thank Peter, Peter, the owner, made the decision to come here, James McDonald, all the team, all the Hong Kong fans, my wife, Christy, my son, Aaron. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, that was Danny Shum. Love, love Danny Shum in Australia. He's been excellent with the media. Love his passion. Love his love for the game. And James McDonald can take a bow as well. What a ride on Romantic Warriors. So much to unpack. We'll start with the winner here, Mickey Gannon. It was J-Mac at his best, Barry. Seven. He did everything right. He got into a perfect spot. He then allowed alligator blood to come off the fence. Then he he got some cover and a nice cart into the race. And uh, Macca lifted Romantic Warrior over the line, the concluding stages. And basically he helped train this horse as well. So it was a a big effort from J-Mac. He's a wonderful horse, Romantic Warrior, to do what he was able to do. Um, And, um, yeah, it it was great to see him win. Your thoughts on Romantic Warrior? He was enormous. The tempo that was set, um, 
Mr. Dot Com will uh, rattle off some numbers for us in a minute, but the tempo was looked to the eye just very, very fast. And it was a super ride, super training performance and just an effort of a really, really high class horse. And I'm glad we got to see him because what we saw in the Turnbull and later wasn't him. And what we got to see in the Cox Plate was sensational. Dean Watling, it was a lesson I think we all learned a little bit that you you got to make sure that you profile these horses, you understand where these horses are coming from, what their setup is like, and and we saw the improvement. J-Mac and Danny Shum were telling us he would improve after that Turnbull Stakes, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to figure out, you know, where a horse is at, and, uh, is it there to win, is it not there to win, how much has he improved, but... Uh, I think we saw a little entree with his West Winds blows out of the Turnbull and Romantic Glory was the main course. He came out in improved lengths. I think the key to it, anything other than three weeks, I don't think he wins this race. But that three weeks between runs, um, James sang its praise. And he, he made an interesting comment post-race. And looking at the sectional times, they've gone incredibly hard at the 600-metre mark. So letting Alligator blade Blood out and sort of settling a pair worse off in the run and James said it was the winning move, and you can review the data, and it backs it up 100%. They've gone really hard. So I think if he settles maybe a, cl- a pair closer, he's not as strong late. So fantastic. I thought it was great for the race. It added so much interest and angles. Um, Danny Shum's an absolute character. J-Mac, like you said, Gareth, pretty much trained the horse as well. So, no, it was, it was fa- fascinating. And uh, to be honest, I thought he got beat. I thought Brightside yeah. won, but um, that photo, yeah. I caught up with J-Mac um, last night, Mitch, in, and – like he, he made a point that if it wasn't at Mooney Valley, if, if this race was at Flemington, he probably gets beat. He, he said he just loved the Valley and he ran like a greyhound. And I thought he was like, I said to, I thought he wobbled just a little bit on that final, final turn. But Macca said he just loved, he loved the Valley. And he, that was the, that was the track that if he said, as I said, if it was at Flemington, he says he probably doesn't win a Cox plate, but um, he, he, enjoyed a lovely, lovely run and he was too good in the end, Mitchy. Yeah, it's interesting. Is it correct that they say it's quite similar? Is it Happy Valley yeah, that this correct. track's quite similar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's not a surprise that he's probably really enjoyed it. So that's probably a good indicator that some of these other Hong Kong trainers might have a look at that sort of setup. Like it could be a blueprint for others going forwards. But yeah, J-Mac's ride was critical. There's that little middle stage where he's got the ability to just sort of cool him down a little bit. He slows up some sectionals between the 1200 and the 600 and then he storms over the top late. So yeah, it was an incredible ride and um, he's lived up to expectation, yeah. Romantic Warrior. All right then, Dan, and we'll bring it up, Mr. Brightside. You were so good on Thursday with uh, your explanation why you thought Mr. Brightside should be clear second pick in the market and um, he missed the kick. And I thought, geez, he's in a little bit of trouble, but geez, he mustered to get into a lovely spot. Craig Williams gave him a peach of a ride. And I think everybody thought that he won, even the people at Mooney Valley when they put up the wrong streamers after the line. Oh, Dino. no. Was you, were you the one that pushed that button, Dino? <laughs> <laughs> it probably wasn't me. Um, he was fantastic. I think the, the ride that we got to celebrate, that was phenomenal. Missed the kick. He just waved his way through, found leaders back, which we all thought he was going to be with, but with all the horses jostling for positions and Craig's just slept up there and said, here we are boys. And I think the grandstand, the sun was on the track and then the, the shade obviously with the grandstand in the last sort of 50 metres, you you saw Mr. Brightside sort of find a length and then Romantic Mori couldn't really see it too well with the, the shadow on the track, but he was phenomenal. And he's the biggest tick out of it. He's ran a strong um, 2,040 yeah. metres. So I think that just opened so many doors for him. And if they do kick on, 
What do they drop back to the Champions Mile or the 2000 metre race? What do they do now? But one of the better rides you'll ever see in a, in a Group 1 final. And I think that just praises how good Craig Williams is. He's had a lot of sort of stuff go on this spring. But on the big day, uh, in the big race, he stood up and gave Mr. Brights an absolute peach. Mickey, surprised me. I didn't think he would get a strong 2,000 metres after watching him in a King Charles. I thought that he might be looking for 2,000, but I just thought he raced a little bit flat in that King Charles. And I don't think he was at his best in Sydney, but hats off to the Hayes boys again. They've been able to get him to to do what he did there on Saturday. And he does go to the Champions Mile. So if he pulls up okay, that's where he goes next. It's interesting, isn't it, G? I think... The best three, the best three rides was probably finished one, two, three. I think that was probably we can take out of it. TC was enormous, you know. Poor old TC on Alligator Blood. It's only been beaten a pimple, yeah. And that running third, like yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from all three of those. He looked like um, the winner. Jockeys the blood. and horses. He looked like he the did. winner too. He did, and he, he, you know, it's it was just a fantastic race. The build up was phenomenal. It was everything. Uh, it was set up to be. It was amazing. So, Jewett, was she unlucky, Mitch? Yeah, I'd say so. She just sort of had a little bit of trouble getting clear there with Romantic Warrior just on the outside. Obviously, if she had tried to whip out, she probably clips his heels. And if you have a look at it, Damien Oliver sort of goes quite easy to the line, doesn't he? Because he's sort of got no choice. So with clear running air, you know, she probably is a sniff closer to him. But drawn barrier one, it was always going to be the case. Just back on Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood, I thought there's a couple of differences there that Craig Williams' ride was so good given the fact he took the risk to stay to the inside. I don't think Tim Clark really wanted to do that, but perhaps if Alligator Blood hadn't have come out wider and left that gap for Mr. Brightside to go in, if Alligator Blood had have stuck to the rails, perhaps he could have snuck up and got that same run and won the race, saving a length on the turn. But it's like I said, it's a bit of ifs and buts. He's probably worried about King Colorado coming into his lap, but yeah. such a good ride yeah. from Craig to take that risk. Yeah, Craig rode, he rode the house down. I thought Timmy Clark did nothing wrong either. And um, Joe Ash- Yeah, I wouldn't say he's done anything wrong. No, it's just one of those things, yeah. isn't it? It's an ifs and buts that in in hindsight, mm. it's a beautiful thing. But you know, also, King Colorado could end up in your lap and you end up finishing eighth. So Yeah, yeah. and that's your spot on, Mitch. And you'd much rather him be in the finish yeah. than finish eighth. So what he's a, pulled the right rein. Gold trip, Melbourne Cup. Now, Without a fight, Mark Sarr, I think we indicated on this show last Wednesday, that's the way he would go. And he, he made that decision straight after the race, basically Saturday. I think I think talking to Mark late last week that he had made that decision to be riding without a fight after the Caulfield Cup. I think he's got no doubt in his mind that he'll get a strong two miles. So J-Mac picks up the ride. He defeats Benny Mellon with the, the, the fight to ride gold trip. And it was amazing watching the betting there yesterday with Bet365. So, obviously, Bet365 and a few of the other shops think that Mark Sarr is a terrible judge because Gold Trip's into $4.50 now and the clear second favourite, where without a fight, it's $7 for a Melbourne Cup. What did you make of his Cox Plate run, Mitchie, and, and your thoughts on, on that move for a Melbourne Cup? I'm not surprised with the move. So, he's fastest last 400, fastest last 200 of the race. He's just got going, you know, right at the end of it. So obviously stepping up in trip. I know he's got the big weight, but he did it last year. To me, it's not a dissimilar sort of setup to last year. So I'm not surprised that the market sort of come for him. And then there's the J-Mac factor as well, that everybody's going to gravitate towards that. So I still think he's a sniff in the Melbourne Cup for sure. Dino and then Mickey. 
Yeah, he was great. The track was a, a good three. So anything he did there, you can add a couple of lengths or a length or so if he does get a wet track. I think it might be a little bit of a, a false sense of security in the sense that he's going terrific, but I think he still is. But now he's got to carry weight over 3,200. I just think it's a complete opposite setup to um, the Cox Plate. And I think when we get closer to the race, I think we'll see those horses a lot closer together. I wouldn't even be surprised if Westwind blows, maybe starts, uh, sorry, without a fight, starts in front of Gold Trip Ghetto. Yeah, that, that that's four dollars. Was it four dollars fifty seven dollars? No, he's five dollars now. Vorban four fifty without a fight out to eight dollars. Yeah, that gap's too big. I, yeah. I think they should both be the same price. Yeah. Um, Sulkham at nine dollars. I think he'll. I don't know if he'll jump better, but he he just has to. Well, he has to jump better. He's got to draw a gate. Well, it doesn't really matter if he draws a gate. He drew a gate in the Caulfield yeah. Cup and he missed it six lengths. He just needs to bloody mm-hmm. jump. But what I'm saying in this year's Melbourne Cup. So you got Vorban four fifty, Gold Trip five without a fight eight dollars, Sulcum nine, Absurd fifteen. He's a nine year old. Break up at fifteen. The the Japanese horse, and then we've got La Stotchka at twenty one dollars, which is a French galloper now with Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. And then that's it. Cleveland can't win a cup. Future history nah, can't win a twice. cup. Valiant King, Vow and Declare, Ash Run, Military Mission. It's a cup that drops off pretty quickly. So there's going to be a lot of road roadblocks, I would imagine, at certain stages in this year's cup. So horses like Gold Trip and Jay Mac, you wanna you don't wanna be you don't wanna be stopping at a stop sign at the eight hundred meter mark. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating cup, but for the first time for a long time, I don't think you'd have to put too many in your first four, I would imagine, Mickey. Mm. Looks a bit, yeah, it looks a bit thin. Looks a bit thin, GD. I haven't had a deep dive into the Melbourne Cup yet, but is there any uh, lightweight internationals? No. No, no I don't think so. Well, Maybe that like that, those horses from Joseph O'Brien. Yeah, that you saw they are, the that's, they're Cup. the ones I'll be looking at. Yeah. Anything in, anything with 53 kilos or 54 kilos and less train in, you know, trained by one of those UK trainers, they'll just... But no, there's not, there's not, there's, there's nothing like that, Mickey. So you've got Okita Sushi that's got Kerry McAvoy that's been booked, but he'll need to improve 10 lengths from his Caulfield mm. Cup effort. So, okay. um, Valley, and that's it. He's the only one. Valley King would need to improve. Um, Do you know what weight uh, without a fight gets, G? He gets 56 and a half, I think. Okay. I'll double check that, but he's got yeah, yeah fifty six yeah, and a half. Here, yeah, fifty six. So he's he gets two kilos on on Gold Trip. Yep, yep. We'll talk about the Melbourne Cup as we get closer. Probably this time next week, we'll talk about the Melbourne Cup. Mm. So that's uh, that's on Gold Trip. Fangirl, I thought didn't have much luck, Mickey Gaddon, and this is probably you're the best person to ask about Fangirl here. Um, she started six fifty, so you made an absolute dead set fortune in the in the end uh, with your price there at thirty dollars. Every, so, every man and his dog wanted the twenty nine dollars. Gano was yeah, apparently and I will tell up. you what, Gano, at the end of the day, you were right, son. So well done. Um, yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah. So, so I don't think I think I don't know. I don't think she goes to Flemington. I think they'll make up their decision midweek whether she goes to Flemington. But she might have had enough this prep. Yeah, when we spoke to Chris on Saturday, G, the suggestion was I think this was this was her last race of the yep. preparation. Um, but she was phenomenal. She was really, really good. Um, she ran a really strong 2,040 meters. So probably got that piece a bit wrong, I'd say. Um, well, not a bit wrong, very wrong. Uh, but it's just hard with these horses. A lot of people came out in bags. I can, I'll, I'll be interested to hear the views of you, of, of you three gentlemen here. I actually thought Zach's ride was really, really good going along back to the inside. From that 1,000 to the 400, he did everything right bar get luck 
he he didn't go wide off a hard tempo. If he had have gone four wide off a fast tempo, the horse wouldn't have finished where it did. No, I totally That's, agree. Zach Purdy. So I, he's, he, I reckon he's done amazingly well from the thousand four hundred and got bad luck. I don't know. What he, do you think, lads? He pulled every he he pulled all the the right reins there. Um, Zach Purton, he just needed a little bit of luck. It's a bit like Bo Mertens in the Phillies Classic. Now, it was a gem of a ride. It was the it was the best ride of the day. It was the bravest ride. And he had to ride for some luck, and he got some luck. And if Zach got Bo Mertens' luck, and then he's a hero. But um, that yeah. wasn't the case, Dino. Yeah, well, I think that's why we preface so much horses with tactical speed, and we praise them because they can put themselves in a position where you don't need luck. And that's the issue with Fangirl. We know yeah. she's a... An elite uh, mare, but with her racing pattern and the gait she drew, she was always going to get back and need luck. So I thought the ride was great. Like you said, you know, the query would have been the 2,000 metres. So the way to offset that is you want the kindest running transit, which is sneak up on the bend. Exactly. Um, and he just didn't get luck late, Zach, aboard her. But um, you can't knock the ride at all. I thought it was great. And probably moving forward now, I, I was heavily against a, a, a strong 2,000 metres. But potentially moving forward, um, I would probably reshape my opinion on that and probably give her a pass mark off that uh, run for sure. Mitchie? Yeah, um, I'm lucky you just touched on Dino. I don't think Zach had much choice. He was always going to have to get back. And that's probably why we were willing to risk her. Um, look, even still with a little bit more luck, I'm not sure... I watched the race about 20 times again this morning and she would have went closer, but I'm not sure she would have picked up yeah. the winners. So yeah. Yeah. Um, he had no choice. I, I wouldn't pot him for that ride. What were you going to do from that barrier? And especially with that other speed influences outside that you knew were going to cross you. So yeah. All Good right. ride. Oh, back her in next year's Cox plate. She'd probably be a sniff there. We're running a little bit late militarized. I think Zach Lloyd, if he had his time again, he would have kicked up and held that spot. Um, I know that horse got a little bit keen, but he was on a three-year-old with 49 and a half on his back. But I think he was inexperienced militarized anyway. Um, Victoria, yeah, they'll, they'll both improve for that, yeah. Zach and militarized. Mm, um, 100%. Yeah, Victoria Road, um, must. there must be something wrong with him. Um, we'll get an update there with Johnny O'Neill. My Oberon outclass, pinstripe, got a bad draw. Um, he probably did his best, and King Colorado was outclassed. And I didn't mind the tactics there, but he just wasn't good enough. Agree yep. there, lads? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think spot on. King Colorado, a little bit of a forgive the way how hard they went. Not yep. surprised to see him drop out. Zaki probably credible to stick on. Oh, from we that forgot tempo, about so. Zaki. What about the old campaign of Zaki? Like he could win a champion's stakes. He loves Flemington. That was well, a he's mighty had, he's, come, he's come into the Cox Plate of forty-two days as yeah. well. So you spot on, G. That could be his. His big race. Um, I think he's a better champion stakes chance than a champion's mile with all those horses yep. going back to the champion's mile. Zaki's $9. He might be worth a punt. Oh, boy, Zaki. Because you've got horses like Fangirl won't go there. Brightside won't go there. There you go. Bet 365. Zaki, gamble responsibly. His value there, $9. Because half those horses won't be going there. Fangirl, Joaz, Prowess. I think she will go there, but we'll talk about her a little later. Right side won't go there, and blood will go to the mile as well. 8.25, this is the Monday Breakdown on Giddy Up. Great to have your company. Let's take a break. We'll come back with so much more as we relive that big day at Mooney Valley on Saturday.
Santino back in a pocket and Mustang Belly to the outside. Tuvalu had a kick. 250 metres to go a length. Just Foku crabs round the corner. There's a gap for Prowess if she's good enough. And then Banker's Choice Antino runs up behind them. Tuvalu just in front of Prowess. Antino the inside and Just Folk hanging tough. Prowess stomps up. Took the front Prowess and Prowess just beat Antino. Third Tuvalu, fourth Just Folk from Banker's Choice. And so that was an interesting crystal mole, but Prowess Mickey Gaddon got the job done inside gate. Mark Zara had a lovely run. He's just riding in brilliant form, Zara, at the moment. That was four winners on the day. And it would have been interesting to see how she would have went into Cox Plate. She didn't have that spring set back at the start of her spring, but she'll head to Flemington now, most likely in the champion stakes, I think. So she's $6 there with bet 365, Mickey. Yeah, she was really good and she'll only keep improving, G. Got run of the race stuff as we touched on Saturday morning. But uh, yeah, look, she's definitely one you can follow with confidence moving forward. Mitchie Lewis, could you back her in a champion stakes? I think so. What I'd be saying, though, is I'd be waiting to see who goes where. So if if we're right and Brightside goes to the mile and Alligator Blood goes to the mile, then maybe, you know what I mean, you could probably back her with some confidence. But if Blood stays in the 2000, you know, it gets a little bit tricky like that. But they had this year's Cox Plate in mind, so there's obviously a good opinion about her. Yep. What do you think, Dino? Yeah, the race is rated really well. I'd be confident backing her or taking her wherever she goes next, albeit obviously, like Mitchie said, wait and see what the field looks like. But uh, compared to Wish All Lasses race, they've rated around two lengths uh, superior. I thought it was a, a really good win. And what do we do with Antino? He just had absolutely no luck. He copped just folk in his lap on the turn. He probably should have won the race. Um, yeah, just an unlucky preparation all around for them. So do you think he wins, Antino? Dino? Yeah, I think uh, you, you watch the footage and Prowess is off a bit sort of building the revs as Antino's stuck up behind them. Obviously, Antino had his chance late, but similar to what J-Mac and they, they talk about with Brightside, I think any other track, he, he builds the revs, Antino, in clearer air and probably runs over top. He's not a horse with a short, sharp turn of foot, um, but he can sustain a good run. So I just think that just folk falling in his lap just cost him yeah. the victory there. And yeah, I thought he would have won with a clearer passage. It was interesting. He sort of needed to hold the breeze there, Blake, or pull out three wide when Macca was coming. I know Macca was trying to flush him out, um, but he, he needed to make a decision there. Or he just had to ride for luck and he didn't get luck, Mickey. That's the punt that they take. That's the game we play, G. Um, Mitchie Lewis, what would you make of Antino so going to a champion's mile as well? Could he, could he mix it with alligator blood and a horse like a, a Mr. Brightside? Or do you think he's a little outclassed against them? Yeah, not for me on how yeah. they're going, um, how they've come out of that Cox play, I don't think. I, I think yeah. they're just a step above. Okay. Mickey Gannon? Yeah, I agree with Mitchie yeah. for sure. I think Prowess is a horse I could follow just continuing through the distances. Um, so happy to stick with it. And just with Tuvalu, they didn't go as quick as we all thought that they would go, Dino. No, they're still going steady enough. The horse was obviously okay, but just had a, a preparation, probably that, that gap between runs and maybe the fitness gave out late. I'm not sure. Obviously, it's off to Perth. So that's what we've got to figure out. Was he there to win that race? Yes, he was probably there to win, but was he fully yeah. prepped up? Or did his grand final? No. Um, so he will take good improvement off that, off to Perth. I think he's perfectly placed over there. And that's what we've got to figure out with Prowess and Antino. Antino's had four runs. Prowse is only other one. So improvement-wise into Champions Day, it's going to be a little bit of a debate with a lot of these horses in that sense. A lot of them are going to be 
fifth, sixth up, and we might see some fresh blood. They might not be the better horses, but they've got improvements to come and maybe catch them at the, the right time in their preparation. So Tuvalu's $8.50 in a railway stakes, the second favourite over Al Safina, which is a likely train galloper for Grant and Alana Williams. Just having a look at the champion stakes market again. So West Wind blows, we know he goes there, 325. Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside to the to the mile prowess is at six fifty. Jill adds at eight dollars. Do you give her a chance in a race like that, Mickey? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. From what we saw last start in, in the Cox Plate, for sure. Who's a better chance, Zaki or Juaz, in the Champion Stakes at Flemington? Oh, barrier dependent, track dependent. Come yep. that Saturday afternoon, but uh, price wise, I'd take Zaki at the nine dollars over Juaz at eight. Dino. Yeah, I think Zaki's probably got a touch more upside, obviously. Had that setback prior to the Cox Plate, he'll improve an absolute stack off that run. Mitchie? Yeah, I'd want to see the barriers. Um, if if Zaki draws 12 yeah. again, he's got to do the same as what he did. I, I don't think he'll be his chance, but if he gets the run of the race, yeah, I, I think he's probably the sniff there. An alligator blood, $4. Mr. Brightside, four fifty. Think about it, won't be there for the champion's mile. And Tino, $6. Fangirl, unlikely at 6 Prowass, 11 Tuvalu, 13 Attrition, 15 So Legato's an interesting run. She goes to the Eagle on Saturday, but she's at 15 So host of those horses, unlikely to go there. Maybe Buckaroo in the champion stakes could be an each-way play, about $21.00. In a race like that, but for the champions' mile at the moment, it looks like it's a match race between the two, the two warriors in Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside. Eight thirty nine. Send in your text messages. The best text message today wins a fifty dollar voucher at the Osborne Rooftop. And Dean Watling can say, "Well, he you can only ten of them." Yeah, he he was dominating there at the Osborne Rooftop there on Saturday night. So um, a fifty dollar voucher at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar in South Yarra. So you can join us at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar South Yarra for the ultimate. Melbourne Cup Day celebration. 8.39, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll see what everybody has to say about Imperatrice. I don't know if we can get Milo on the phone. Uh, no, we won't. <laughs> we'll take a break and come back with plenty more. If, it, if that's the case, then you guys go and put your money on Imperatrice at $1.50 here at the Valley and uh, and I'll watch you lose it. But Imperatrice glides around the corner, three lengths in front of Uncommon James, then I am me up the middle, but Imperatrice called upon, still three lengths in front, and the Tangerine Tsunami's going to do it again. Imperatrice won it well, second, I am me, Uncommon James, all the Imperatrice. She was awesome, Imperatrice. It was a little concerning watching her go to the gate, Jacko. Um, Miles is going to be happy with you f- fixing it up once again. That wasn't me, Milo. That was Jacko laying the boots in when you're down. Um, How good a mate? No, we love Milo, and you know what? Everybody can have an opinion, and he's and he gets oh, he gets it he gets it right more than he gets it wrong, Milo. But um, Imperatrice was sensational. She was she was playing up big time in the parade ring, and she needed two Clark of the 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 course horses to take her to the gates. Um, and then she was nearly the reason for the delay. Oh no! And Buddhist Notches was playing up and was scratched, of course, at the gate. So she jumped so well, and then she led. And once she got that run, she she had. She was never going to get beat, Mickey. Yeah, she was super. I didn't foresee her going to the front the way she did, but when she got there, she proved she was uh, the best sprinter in Australia. And uh, full credit to Milo for putting them on the line. Um, but uh, sometimes we get them wrong, don't we, G? Milo was just Milo will come and say, Buddhist Nutches would have destroyed her. He was <laughs> scratched right, at on, the mate. gates, Dino. Not a chance. <laughs> oh, he probably will, but yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? The only way she was going to get beat was bad luck, 
in my opinion. And the way you offset bad luck, lead them up. So it was an arrogant win. Um, and we forget that she's a 1,200 to 1,400-meter horse you know, day in, day out. She's just won over 1,000 meters twice this preparation. I've been at the Valley. Um, phenomenal horse. I think Gunnar summed it up. She's the best sprinter we have in Australia. Mitchie Lewis? I think a little bit in fairness to Milo here, if you had have told him that on, she was getting out of Get in the wind. Who expected that she would jump and lead at the Valley and put herself right in the A position? I think he was willing to risk her because he thought she'd be near the back, but... I just thought that was super. Why not let her go if she's jumped that well? So great run. The most intriguing thing I thought's coming out of that race was the proven thoroughbred challenge that they threw down on Twitter, but not not willing to bring private eye or think about it down to the champions. If, yeah, well, if you're going to throw it out there on Twitter, you you may as well, you know. Well, that's the problem, isn't somewhere. it? With so many different options, we're not going to see, think about it, take on a pair of trees. And I think I asked a few people yesterday, I think it's divided opinion. Some are in think about it's team and the others are in Imperatries. Think about it. We just don't know his ceiling. What, he's 10 from 11. He's won an Everest. He's won a Stradbroke. He just keeps on winning. Imperatries, she's got a big test down the straight against In Secret. In fact, I don't know what you boys are thinking here. Um, I'm with In Secret at the prices at the moment with Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. So In Secret on... That's final Saturday of the carnival in the champion sprint. She is currently the second favourite with bet three six five into three fifty now. Imperatry is a dollar eighty as Fura thirteen, Star Patrol thirteen, and then front page and cylinder. So basically it's a match race in two, Mickey Gannon. Which mare are you with? The Aussie the Aussie star or the Kiwi star? No, Imperatries will um We'll be beating in secret, G, right. but I do understand your position on price for sure. I don't think you want to be taking dollar eighty per se, but yeah, yeah Imperatries will beat in secret, mate. Flemington straight in secret loves it, Dino. She does. She has an outstanding record, and Imperatries have never been down there. So talking early, Mark, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. I think in secret was around six dollars. So obviously yeah. a couple have come out. So she's um, shortened, but it just adds another layer to this. Oh, I wouldn't be betting too soon. I'll be waiting for the race, but um. As a horse, I think Imperatrice is a two to three length better horse, or not a two to three length, probably one to two length better horse than In Secret. Um, in all fairness, yeah, you just if Imperatrice is the best sprinter in Australasia, potentially the world, she needs to win this race. Correct, but she's yep. so good around Mooney Valley, so good. Um, it's a different. But she's challenge. proven outside of Mooney Valley, right? She's yes, she's... but she's she's. This is her first time down the straight. It'll she could be, be better. Yep, she could be better. Mm. That's scary, that's isn't the it? Great unknown. And she takes on a horse that we know is a superb straight horse. And we all think that she's a better, like in secret, it's a better straight horse than going around the bend. And there's Who rides argument, in secret, G? Um, J-Mac. J-Mac. And there's argument to say that she should have won an Everest, like she, if she drew a nice game. Yep. So it's going to be a great race. I've got something to, I've got, a, this annoys the hell out of me, this. And I think racing, especially in the sprint races, need to do something about it. So... But it's not just playing up in the gate and for a minute or so they try and work out to to work out the problem with this horse. He had his his, his foot up and they tried to um, look after him, which they need to do. So he's playing up in the gate for a good old for for a good minute or so. I am me, the Inferno, Jigsaw, all these horses are in the gates for a good three or four minutes. These are sprinters, all right? So then they take out Buddhist Nonches. And why this is happening, Imperatrice is just walking around by herself out the back. 
Yeah. And then they get rid of Buddhist notches. Imperatrice goes straight in. No wonder she jumped three lengths in front. The others were yeah. asleep. So in this yeah, situation, in a small field, when there's so much on the line, take all those horses out, give them a walk around, and then load them back up. Especially when there's only, um, what, five or so horses. They, it was only three or four horses they needed to do that for. It's such an unfair advantage, especially in a big race, because what that does, it completely changes speed maps. And you saw horses like I and me begin slowly because they were flat-footed because she was sitting in the barriers for three or so minutes, which is unfair advantage. Yeah, it's a fair point you bring up, G. Absolutely, you're spot on. The only problem you've got now is, you know, how many horses? What's what's you know what what's the field size? If it's a field of 22, mm-hmm. do you do you have to pull all 22 out? Like, yeah. but but you're right. They need to look at it. And they need we'll to find scratch. a better way because yep. being in there for three minutes is a, is a distinct um, disadvantage. Yep. yep. And in if there's bigger fields, they just got to make a tough decision and unfortunately scratch horses. Horses shouldn't be penalised for being in the gates for a longer period, especially in sprint races when it can be the difference from winning and losing. Wishlaw, that's the first to straighten. 200 metres to go, two lengths, sole choice, Osmos, and then came Thalassophile. Wishlaw, Lass, 100 metres to go. Osmos and Marikana late, but it's all Wishlaw, Lass, and Wishlaw, Lass did it well by over a length. Head bob a second. So she's a good horse, Wishlaw, Lass. I saw her in the mounting yard. I was with David Taggart next door on um, SEN track afternoons, and he said she's just a little darling. She looked a, a treat once again. I hope she backs up in the Empire Rose. Because the Empire Rose, because of the invitation there on Saturday, just lacks a little bit of quality for mine come Saturday. But Mitchie Lewis, she was impressive, the Waterball Galloper, once again. Yeah, I thought she was impressive. They sort of She sort of put them to the sword early. They nearly went 10 lengths faster to the first 600. So that's just sort of put her in a great spot. And then she's eased up and still had enough left to hold them all off. So, yeah, I'd like to see her go around again. Um, but whether or not she does, I'm not sure. Oh, impressive run, in my opinion. Yeah, we've got a tissue at $6. Hope in your heart, $5 for the Empire Rose. Prowess, I don't think, goes there at $6. Espiona at 8 Princess Grace at 8 Life Lessons at 11 Pride of Jenny at 11 And then Wishlaw Lasses at $15. Is, she what about, is Madame Pomery in there? She was one that Madame we followed her last week. Um, no, she's not. Mm. Not in the market. Oh, yes, she is. $26, Madame Pomery. She could be worth a play. There you go. I like that, Mitchie Lewis. Mickey Gannon? Nah, this is a race Dino might know more about yep. than me, G. Dino? Yeah, she was great. I potted her and said that um, she hadn't been doing too much on the clock. She had to go up the weight, but like Mitchie said, the ride was outstanding by D Lane. He sort of pushed the button early, strung him out, and then got the midweek bre- uh, mid-race breather that he needed, and she was still strong late. Um, she was outstanding. She's in great form, and yeah, I got that wrong. I think Osmo's crabbed around the bend. A, a different track for her will be good and Philosophile doing what Philosophile does, so charging to the line. So they're probably two that we could follow, second or third, back to a bigger track, a Flemington or a Caulfield. So yeah, Osmo, you're not giving up on her, Dino? No, I'm not. I thought she was good. Um, what races for her probably... during Flemington? Uh, I think she goes to Matriarch. I okay. think that's up 2,000 yep. metres. I'm uh, not too sure, but um, yeah, I think she just didn't handle the band. I think the dry track as well, the good four, she didn't quite let down. I think a little bit of a more juice in the ground up in trip and she'll be taking third up ready to go. 0499736736. I'll get to your text messages straight after the nine o'clock news. The best text message today wins a $50 voucher for the Osborne Rooftop and Bar in South Yarra. Join us at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day celebration. We'll also take a look at our boy Tommy Kitten after his performance in the Spring Champion Stakes.
as well, plus horses to follow. Nine o'clock. This is the Monday breakdown this Monday morning as we recap that big weekend of racing, especially at Mooney Valley and also at Randwick. We're also taking a look at some of these future markets ahead of Flemington on Saturday. And it's Golden Eagle Day and Giga Kick Day there at Rose Hill on Saturday as well. This was an impressive performance by a three-year-old filly that could be mighty hard to beat come the 1,000 guineas. Skybird is last, coming around the turn at the 300 metres. Grinzinger Bell had a kick in the locker. A length and a quarter of Prillia. Karina Queen stokes up behind them. Skybird getting up on the inside. Grinzinger Bell stacked them up, went for home. A length and a half, Karina Queen. And Skybird's coming now. Grinzinger Bell, look at Skybird over the top. Sprouting weeks and one. Skybird has just out Grinzinger Bell, Karina Queen. Yeah, she's very handy. Um, very well handled. He had to be very patient, but... You know, before the race, I said to him, I'm going to leave it up to you. If you, you go inside them and and try and, and try and get it done that way, so be it. She's pretty tractable and, and knows how to get through them. Um, I thought Craig Williams and, and Mick D were the horses to, to try and get on the back of and, and pick their way through them that way. And, and it turned out they were right in front of him. And, uh, yeah, he was able to get off heels late and, and win. Um, I walked the track uh, earlier in the day and I knew it was going to be tricky for her. But uh, great ride. Um, he can't do much wrong for us at the moment, so we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, Bo Merton's on fire. It was the ride of the day. Skybird now four dollars. We bet three six five for a thousand guineas. Curvalonte at five dollars, and then commemorative. If she goes that way at six fifty, Mickey Gannon. She is something else, Skybird. Yeah, she's impressive, and all you can do is win. And it was some win at that, some ride. Very, very good stuff. Uh, interesting in the tempo. Didn't look like they went too fast. Um, no. Dino there. Yeah. No, they've absolutely crawled. They've got about eight lengths slower than the average to the six. I think that's key to her win. She sort of found that two to three lengths and was only sort of two lengths off the leader on the turn when they really slackened the speed. I think that helped her. Obviously, Grinzella Bell like, pinched a length and a half sort of on the turn, which I think harder your mouth stuff, but Bo Mertz just weaved his way through. So she was phenomenal. Turn of foot. The only way she was going to get beaten was the barrier, and it nearly did beat her, but she backed up the phenomenal run at Bendigo as well, Mitchie. Yeah, I was I was against her on that race map. I thought she was going to struggle thinking she would go to dead last, but the luck come and the runs opened up for her. And yeah, I think you're right. Off that slow, early tempo, like it gives all those other runners a chance as well to be able to produce something. So she's gone eight lengths faster in the last 600 and just picked up as good as anything else off a slow tempo. Third fastest last 400, second fastest last 200. Yeah, if she gets out onto a big track, I think she'll improve again as well. So. One follow, in my opinion. Let's have a look at the three-year-old stays for the boys. This was the Vars on Saturday afternoon in Lindsay Park. They've got another pretty promising young horse. It's for Dad in front, but Apulia's coming with a searching run at the 300 metres for Dad, joined by Apulia stride for stride. Then came Air Assault Bull away, Sun Source. It's Apulia up to for Dad at the 150. It's Apulia, a nick in front of for Dad, a half in front of for Dad, and pulled clear. Then Air Assault, who whacks away, but Apulia wins. Apulia first for Dad, second, Air Assault third. No, absolutely. He really appreciated the quick backup. He was just on the back of a slow pace and he was just doing a few things wrong. So, He's a big, strong colt, and um, he was really tough today, and it was a 10 out of 10 ride from Mark Zara. We bred him in uh, race him in conjunction with the Garretts, and they, uh, it was just such a huge result. Rhonda's actually shaking. She can't believe it. So uh, we'll see how he is, and um, he's a big, strong colt, so I dare say he'll back up again. So pull your heads to the Derby. He's the second favourite behind Riff Rocket at 275 with bet 365. Apulia at five, Sunsets at nine. 
Cap Ferre at 11. Then Verdad didn't stay there, Mitchie Lewis. So he still goes to the derby, but it'll be hard to see him turn the tables on a puller. Yeah, well, how they've run the race is probably what's given a puller the chance. So that Verdad's nearly gone 15 lengths faster than the old benchmark average in the first 600. I think Apulia, who was backing up into this race, has that race fitness and was tested over the 2000. So off that hot tempo, it set Apulia up very well. So Apulia is going to be third, backing up again this week into the derby. I've sort of got my doubts that anything from this race will be the winner of the derby. Uh, I just sort of didn't really rate the race that well. And, but if I'm Riff Rocker, I'm pretty excited to see someone like Verdad come into the field and put a bit of tempo in the race that might help you a little bit. I don't think they'll do that with Verdad, but I think it didn't work. No, they'll the learn their day. lesson. I think they'll follow some a follow a helmet somewhere with Verdad and see if he can um, get a trip like that because he, he can't get that trip mm. if he... If You've got a Gambare in the race. Yeah. TC probably takes the ride there. He is going, though, isn't he? Because haven't they already announced Jai McNeil was going to ride him? Yeah, but Dad's definitely going to oh, the yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's locked in. Hey, let's let's listen to Tom Kitten winning the Spring Champion Stakes on Saturday. Tom Kitten got to the front. 200 metres to run. And Tom's going strongly. Look at Tom go. Two, three, four in front. Capra down the outside in a second. But that's the best of Tom Kitten today. A much-deserved Group 1 victory. Tom, Look, Tom Kitten's misfortune's been immeasurable the last three starts. And uh, it's just so nice to see for the horse's sake that he was able to get into the clear and give himself every opportunity to, to show how good he is. And uh, look, I hope he didn't do too much in the win. But uh, look, he's a, he's a, he's a He's a champagne cult, and uh, and he's and he's won a and he's won a champagne race. So we're absolutely delighted for him, and uh, and uh, now we can you know now we can be comfortable that when it really mattered, he, uh, he 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 was able to get the job done. So hats off to James. He was telling us at the start of the spring this is the race for Tom Kitten, and he was given a peach by Hippo, um, and he's not going to the Victoria Derby. The only horse out of that race really was. Um, Cap Ferret, who is definitely going, and it's in the market there with Bet365. You've got Dan Bearer there as well, too. Yeah, yeah, so $11 and Gomboray at $13 as well. Um, can any of those horses win a derby, Mickey Gannon? Mm, I, no, I don't think so. Cap Ferret maybe could, could win a derby. Obviously, Madatsu from that race pulled up with coughing and yep. you name it, it pulled up with it. Um, Oh, just on the derby, I, I would probably be, I know Mitch is the other way. I'd rather have a puller than Riff Rocket, to be honest, at, the, at those prices at $5 and $2.75. Um, be more in the uh, in the camp of a puller. But from the uh, spring champion, no, but Tom Kitten, wow, way. It just goes to show, G, you know, sometimes you get your emotion in, and um, and you get punished because we were on that horse last start and just said we've had a gutful. But the reality is he was the horse we should have been on. Um, and Dino was, so full credit. And I think when you listen yeah. to those beaten jockeys, Dino, when Nashville Willard comes back and says, this could be the best horse that I've ridden, you sort of have to prick your ears and take notice. You do. I think I think the hardest thing is that the odds is he's been going around. I think if you, you keep chiming in, it gets to a point where you, it does affect you emotionally. You've got to sort of put a stand there. But it's easy. If you hadn't backed Tom Kitten before the weekend and you looked at his runs, he would have been the easiest bet possible. We all had been on him and he starts prior. So... Yeah. Uh, we feel a little bit sick with those runs, but he was great. I think the ride was even better in the sense that I feel like there was a little bit of pressure even from uh, the way we were speaking to use gate one to settle close to the speed, but I'm glad he didn't because they've gone really fast. You know, I think if he settles any closer to the speed, he probably a little bit dour late. So it's a brilliant ride. Um, 
no external pressure. Um, Hippo just rode him how he wanted to, and he was the strongest horse late. Um, back on the, the derby as well, G, I just want to touch on, I, I love the run of Verdad. I thought the way that the race was run wasn't set up for him. And at the odds, he'd be the one I'd be chiming into in the derby. Purely on odds, I just think he was unsuited upside down there on the weekend. There's a couple of ways you look at Riff Rocket. If he does what he did at Flemington the other day, he will just win, you would imagine, because they've got to make six or seven lengths up on him. The other question regarding that is they did walk in that race. And whether, if it's a truly run derby, whether that will... That will um, sort him out in a way. There's a few question marks whether he can he can finish yeah. off over 2,500 meters. Could so, be a bit too classy for a derby, Jay. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. So, mm. um, but it depends on the tempo, and it'll be interesting to see how they run this year's Victoria Derby. Okay, just quickly, here's um, Espiona winning the invitation, which is a race I think that's getting lost a little bit. But here's Espiona. Espiona is getting right to the outside and coming home with a very good run. Alcohol free moved up, hit the lead. Magic time keeps coming. Espiona's lengthening on the outside with Ruthless Dame knuckling down. What a great finish here. Espiona trying to shake off Ruthless Dame. Magic time's brave. Espiona laying in, nose in front, just won it. Espiona just won the invitation from Ruthless Dame. Well done to Karen McAvoy. She's not an easy horse to ride there, Dean Watling, but she gets the job done, Espiona, in the shadows of the post. Dave Eustace was keen on Ruthless Dame throughout the week, and he was nearly right. And then Magic Time, third alcohol free, was much improved, finishing fourth. Um, your thoughts there, Dino? Yeah, you summed up really well. Great ride by Sam Clifford and Gate 14 got the back of Magic Time, and that nearly won it. The race, I thought the market was interesting here. Espiona was a favourite throughout the week and then the late money magic time into 270 late started a firm favorite obviously three wide i think if it was 1200 meters um, she probably wins but that 1400 meter start there's that extra turn that you got to do so probably cost of the race but i prefer jockeys and tyler Shalila to go forward i would have loved him to slot in but she was great and espiona it's the straightest i've seen her go for a while she's in a rich vein of form and we forget obviously she had her issues and um, the hype around her, but she's going outstanding. So, oh, I think top three in the market, even her alcohol-free gano, she was great back to 1,400 metres. Yeah, yeah, she was good. We nearly got the job done. Nearly. But nearly's not good enough. Is there a race in her, this campaign, alcohol-free, Mickey Gannon? Oh, maybe, GR. Yeah. I think you just see her in the autumn. She'll come back bigger and yeah. stronger again. Mitchie Lewis, any, any, any take on the invitation? Because... It's sort of like you've you've got the Empire Rose. It's it's a, the big group one during the Flemington Carnival. It's the, these mares are getting split up. I know the the invitation was worth two million dollars, but yeah, it would be. I think, yeah, yeah, interesting. One one thing I will say, just a little self thing here. I was disappointed. I shouldn't have hopped off Thursday. I texted you know some of my Sydney tips after, and Espiona yes, was one did. of them. So I could have been yeah. I could have been off the mark with the Sydney winner on air, but it's still I'm still <laughs> hey, waiting there you, for that. Usually you, te- you text the host usually, and then you would have you would have yeah, <laughs> yeah. learn your lesson, son. The opposition's not going to Dino's not going to um, um, yeah. Tips. He said, "Can you pass these on to G?" I said, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, please. yeah. Um, let's go. I reckon Gringotts was in there too. Yeah, all right. Then. Oh, <laughs> settle down, mate. You don't, you don't want to be a tipster after the after the yeah, after the on, weekend. Mate. You're better than that. Nah, it's all right. I've got I've got receipts. It's not like I'm making oh, yeah. it up. Yeah, <laughs> no good. Tell us now. Um, here You're we right. go. Uh, we're we're going to get through these text messages. Imperatrice proving she's the best sprinter in the country, maybe the world, but can't fully say it has her ownership group shied away from the Everest. It's a good point. Oh. 
It was, I still can't believe they didn't go to the Everest. Um, but she is three from three. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jamie Carr needs to reunite with Saki. Both may get their mojo back next run by dictating from the front. That's from Gaz from Strathmore. Um, maybe. I think, yeah, maybe really that could be the case. Though, I think Laney will stick with, with Saki in the champion stakes, however. Uh, Milo needs to issue a public apology for his commentary. <laughs> Imperatories being too short. Um, a dollar uh-huh. ten would have been value for this horse. <laughs> Set Jet, best sprinter in the world. Sir Rupert Clark for Antino, November eighteen. Looks a perfect race if Golan wants that Group One in Melbourne. That's an interesting. I, I, I don't mind that idea because I don't Ooh. think he's going to win a Champions Mile. That the Sir Rupert Clark handicap conditions could be his race there, Mitchy. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think the Champions ones yeah. are his better chances. So why not go there? You'll avoid some of the other ones a little close up their prep for sure by then. Prowess, I was so keen on her for the Cox Plate, spewing she had that setback. She'll win the championship stakes and next year's Cox Plate. That's from Ronnie. I, I don't think she can beat West Wind Blows, can she, Dino? No, it's interesting. She's the one on the up. She's still got so much improvement yeah. to come. She was first up there. So it's hard to – you can't really put a, a guide on where she's at just off that one run. But it's exciting. We'd love to have her back and fill those weight parade ranks because we need horses like her in there. Now that Luna Flair's unfortunately been retired, I have to find another horse for the cup. I'd love to hear Gareth Dean and Mickey's opinion and, of course, Mitchie's oh, on Vorban. Oh, you're as right, Miles <laughs> As Miles has pretty much declared Vorban. Well, I think Vorban's too short. There's no doubting his quality. He gets Ryan Moore. Willie Mullins is a legend. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I'll take him on, on on that first Tuesday in November, but I could be wrong. He's got some terrific European form. But um, he's too short for my Mickey. Yeah, shoulders, arms at the moment for me, G. I, yeah. I haven't done too deep a dive, but taking $4 on a horse I don't know much about would just be incredibly silly. Mitchy Lewis? Uh, were we talking about four band. band's chances yeah. or anyone's chances? Anyone's chances, yeah. Look, I think you ash run for me. How excited Kieran was that he finished second in that race. I think they just know that they can get him to peak in the Melbourne Cup. 51 and a half kilos. He, he's one to me that just wouldn't surprise. He couldn't beat a 10-year-old in the Geelong Cup, Mitchie. No, he's a good 10-year-old. <laughs> yes, I mean, he's good, he's good if you're back good in 41. Dino? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating Melbourne Cup. We always don't tend to shy away from these favourites, but you sort of outside of the top 10 we, we speak of, it, it really drops away this year. Obviously, we talk about Equinox a bit and the horse that ran seconds with ties into break-uppers in the market. I just love the preparation without a fight. I think it's just been absolutely pin-perfect. They still think he's got improvement to come and the weight, he's going to still get 56 and a half, but I think he can do it so early. But like I said, there's so much to play out, but without a fight, he, he looks the one that I'm sort of leaning to early on. I don't think there's too much to play out. Geez, I'm bullish about a Melbourne Cup hopeful a week out with without a fight. Like his Caulfield yeah. Cup run was exceptional. He'd be third up. Sarah sticks. You have a look at the forecast. Weather's perfect. So... I think that would have played it. He would have called Jane Bunn, Mark Sarr, and, and, and asked, what, what, what's the weather doing, Jane? And it's perfect and sunny and we'll have a good track at Flemington. So I think without a fight, he, he represents good value for mine at the moment. I think he's worth a play. What um, price at, is he, eight, He's $8 with Bet365. Now, you're he probably going to get similar. On, on he could definitely Cup start favourite. Do you reckon he'll start favourite without? He a could fight? start yeah. favourite. Yeah, I'm not I think saying he will. Ben he will start favourite. I think he'll. I think he'll replace. Yeah, but what happens if he draws barrier twenty four? Yeah, um, that's a good point. But he'll. 
I've got no doubt he'll, he'll start. Jump over them all. Yeah, he'll start in front. <laughs> well, of, they do. He'll start in front of Gold Trip because of the weather and the and yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You make a good point in that sense if you look at the market. He's the one that's got to get out Gold Trip. He, he's way too short yeah. at the moment. Love the valley. We have fully appreciated how much the committee are changing the fabric of this great race by altering the dimensions of the track. I think it's criminal. That's from Riley for Essendon. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, Riley. I, I was talking about this yesterday with a few people. I can't, you can't make a comment until you actually see what the redevelopment looks like. Um, and I think that the race will be run under lights with the new look Mooney Valley. But there was a couple of problems there at the Valley on Saturday. You couldn't get any internet. Um, mm. the lift My mate, broke. our mate was calling me getting, I was in Bunnings. You wouldn't believe it. And yeah. I was like, he's like, what are you up to? I said, mate, I'm just in Bunnings trying to get some work done. He goes, you wouldn't believe it. I can't get a bet on. Can you have yeah. X amount on Vidad? Yeah. Well, unfortunately for him, I got on. Yes. <laughs> Cost us a fortune. We're trying to get on Mitchie Lewis best at, at Morphinville and we, we all, they couldn't get on. That was beautiful. That, that, that is bad though, isn't it, G? But like one of the biggest race meetings of the year. Yep. You can't get a bet on your phone. Makes yeah. it hard. Equinox, when you look at the galloping action, reminds me of Black Caviar. It looks effortless, um, yet they are flying. That's from Swanee. Val and Declare is a good place bet, surely with recent form. He was mighty, the big chestnut. No weight on his back. He hasn't performed in recent Melbourne Cups, but he does get some weight relief come Tuesday week. And he gets a dry track. I think that's the biggest thing for him. And he gets back to Flemington. I think he's a chance. It was a mighty run at Mooney Valley Friday night. He was... He was never on the track. I don't think Cleveland can win a Melbourne Cup. Can he, can he Mitch? No, I don't think so. Um, he's got, I don't know, it was a good ride by J-Mac, but no, I'm not sure. He gets himself in there. I'm not sure much out of that Mooney Valley Cup will give the uh, Melbourne Cup a push. Yeah, and so you've got won- more felons there for um, for Chris that sort of came over the top late and could just be wanting the 3,200 with 50 kilos currently 30th order of entry might sneak in. Is that the Geelong, Geelong Cup? Cup? Probably the only horse that I'd want to follow out of the Geelong Cup. Now, boys, part of the weekend preview, we might go through some of our our best bets throughout the Flemington Carnival from a features point of view. I'm just going to help you out a little bit to kick off proceedings, all right? Um, Victoria Derby, it's a difficult race. I'm probably with a puller in, just in front of Riff Rocket. I've got question marks whether Riff Rocket can, can get the trip. Melbourne Cup all over without a fight. VRC Oaks. I went through it again last night. I'm with Sardozzi at $5 here, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, I think at the moment, Tropical Squall's too short. I think that's a silly price. Sardozzi, $5 fair price. Uh, Serve Cold was pretty, it was pretty good in the Geelong Classic as well. I think they're the three that I'd be happy to uh, play around and have played around, too. Yeah, in secret, $3.50, I think it can defeat Imperatrice, but it's going to be a great race. Champions Mile, Mr. Brightside, and Champion Stakes. I don't know how you can go. West Wind blows, but I've got a roughie there for you in the Champion Stakes. Horse by the name of Buckaroo at $17, I think, can run a big race. Does Johnny O'Neill own that? He does, actually. <laughs> but I wouldn't write him down. It's, a, it's not a very strong Champion Stakes this year. Horses what def- I would say with the, yes. the mile and the stakes is it's, it's unless you're getting big odds like a buckaroo, it, it, you're going to have to just wait to the race. It's so hard to figure out who's going where. What's yeah, you want to know what. some some inside uh, info, wouldn't you, Dino? Well, I just told you, Dino. You've been yeah. listening. What, what do you want yeah, to Yeah, I have. But, but stables change their mind. If someone pops up and the, the mile's the easier race, some might flick back to there. And I don't know. It just confuses me. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> 
black and white I can be, Dino. Like, oh. I, think, I think he just I think he just gave you the value tip, Dino. Yeah, I know, Buckaroo. Yeah. I can take it. All right then, boys. Um, horses to follow, Mitchy. Uh, one from Mooney Valley. I've got uh, race four, Solter. You know, you're never going to win when you have to come out that wide. But fastest last 400, fastest last 200. I think if you go to a different track, he's one you can follow. And yeah, I think Skybird as well, up to the thousand guineas for me. Yep. All right then, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, outside of all the obvious ones, uh, Fuertor, which is one of my better bets of the day, just didn't didn't get a chance. It was just swallowed up and sat along the fence for pretty much the majority of the race, G. So uh, I think that'll get the job done uh, next start. Dino? Third up. Yeah, just Skybird for me. I know it won and it's the obvious one, but can't wait for the clash there in the, the thousand guineas. It's going to be an outstanding race with Cremonu there too and Concur Volante as well. And just the, the last one, there's a few questions coming through. The Golden Eagle on the weekend. Amelia's Jewel 450, Y505, Dolls, 6, Legato 6. Om Buramai at $8, the Japanese horse. Attrition, who was a Turak winner at 13. Ozapenko, Craig Williams rides at 13. And then the Godolphin four-year-olds, Empericles and Golden Mile. Our Ruthless Dame, I don't know if she'll back up, but she's $17 in that race. Um, Amelia's Jewel, they tell us she's back on track. Blinkers on. I hope she wins. I don't think you can back her at 450, but I hope she wins. Dino? No, it's, it's going to be an amazing race. You look at the list of horses there. We've got the Legato coming across. I can't wait for it. Me and Mitchie are on Kovalenka. That's probably the way I'm leaning early into six cells is short enough. But I think barriers are going to be very, very crucial in this even race. Okay. Mitchie? Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be hard for me to analyse. Me and Dino took an early ticket a few weeks ago on Kovalenka. So I'm just going to have bloody, what's it Good called, luck. rose glasses staring at Kovalenka all week. So yeah. probably not it. much... I'm just yeah. interested to see Dino's opinion on this, but what speed is there in looking at this mark? Like it's early market. What speeds in this race, Dino? Yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii five zero is is it? Yeah, yeah. You Golden mile, but it's a hot... yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely can sit up on speed as well. Sit on I speed, think... but like as lead leading. I don't know. I find it yeah, yeah. devoid of a leader, G, and I think that's going to play in the hands of Hawaii five zero. Millie's Jewel can jump on the speed as you've you found out late, um, in that race at yeah. uh, Mini Valley. Blink is on. That's true. That is true. That is um, very true. I think it's well, a high pressure race worth, what is it, worth $10 million. I think that, there'll be tempo. And Giga Kick should be, not Giga Kick, um, think about it. You can't get an all in price for the nowhere with the, with the Giga Kick. The yeah. Mm. But think about it should be winning. Anyway, boys, we'll be thinking about it all week because it's, it's, um, the week leading up to Cup Week, it doesn't get any better. Job well done as always. Anything else to add before we say goodbye? Goodbye to you, Mitchie Lewis. Yeah, thanks, boys. Ooh. I'll speak to you during the week, no doubt. Yeah, you're heading to Flemington? Yeah, I'll be in Melbourne come Friday for about a week, so I'm sure Look I'll out. run into you somewhere, G. Mickey Gaddon, you're heading to Melbourne as well? I'll be down there. Not sure when, but I'll be down there. All Make right, sure punters tuning in tonight for the all-in show as well, G. All-in show tonight there on the Great Tip-Off. How do we... Watch and listen to that, Mickey Gannon. Just subscribe to the Great Tip Off YouTube, and you'll be able to get to all of Dean Walling's future plays. Dano, you make sure you put some makeup on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you need I'll to live what, a bit. I was I was going to come down to Flemington, but I'm just giving myself a gut buster first up on the weekend. So <laughs> I'll be there, but I might be there in spirit. All right then, 
Geez, it takes you a while then to regroup then, Dino. He's a bit gutless, isn't he, Dino? Like he'll, he'll give everyone a spray for not pulling up well, but he's had, he's had a shocker here. Actually, I saw it firsthand. Um, mm. But anyway, you just got to learn from your mistakes, Dino. Yeah, you can't go out. You can't go out. 20 lengths above benchmark there and then try and work out and try and finish home. So speaking of learning yeah, from mistakes, G, I'll make sure I put my uh, phone on airplane mode after five o'clock on Saturdays from yes, now on. That's a very good point to make. And well, <laughs> and make sure you drink responsibly. And that's what Dino did because he started to drink on the waters and I was proud of you by the end of the day. Um, and the $50 voucher for the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra. Join us at the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne cup day celebration. Uh, number ending in one, two, two. Sir Rupert Clark for Antino, November 18. Looks a perfect race if Golan wants that group one in Melbourne. I don't mind that idea. So there you go. $50 voucher for the Osborne rooftop and Bar South Yarra. Heading your way. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Mick. And thanks, thanks Dino. Guys. Thanks, boys. See you later. 9.28. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back with plenty more here on Giddy Up. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com Yeah, thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals and the best pub in the Mallee, the mighty Ultima Hotel. Let's see if we can find you a few winners today. Um, we've got the best coming through from Mickey Gannon. He likes a couple at Newcastle today. Race three, number one. That is better than anyone. So that's race three, number one, better than anyone there at um, Newcastle for Mickey Gannon. And Mitchie Lewis likes one at Benalla today. And that is race six, number nine, Wings of Song. So race six, number nine, Wings of Song for Paddy Payne. And around that $2.25 quote there with Bet365. So... At Benalla, race six, number nine for Mitchie Lewis. And then race three, number one, better than anyone. And race six, number six, Sylvakia. That's the story there at Newcastle for Mickey Gannon. Cranburn Harness today, Darren Carroll joins us. G'day, Daz. Morning, Gareth. Um, yeah, good meeting at Cranburn today. So, um, like the last three races, so keen to, to bet into those. Um, we start off race six, number nine, follow the Eclipse. Uh, it's had three runs for Kyle Marshall and probably should have won all those three. Um, gets the great puppet today to drive, so it's a, it's a major plus. Um, I think uh, gets an okay run through to the second row and uh, I think we'll just be too good late. So four units on it. It's probably my best of the day. Uh, then we move to race seven, number 11, Dreamer's Delight. Um, it's another one that's been in really good form since joining this stable. Um, she's best when she just um, save for one run at them late and comes with a really quick sprint. I just think she'll be safe for one run and would be too quick up the straight. These are a limited lot, and I think she can be too good for these. So just the two units on her. And then we finish off the last race, race eight, number two, Our Princess Di. There's been a scratch in this race, so that's left um, Our Princess Di with the you know, major advantage here. I think it leads. Um, love backing leaders at Cranbourne. Um, and I just think it's um, you know, at even money. It's a really good bet there. I'm back to six five at the moment, so three units on it. So... There the three, race six, number nine, follow the eclipse. Into race seven, number 11, Dreamer's Delight. Into race eight, number two, Our Princess Die. It was an interesting weekend of harness racing because at Maribor we had a 100 to 1 winner in the Victoria Trotters Derby, not as promised. Um, Blew me out Graham of the Dwyer and Nathan Dawson. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, considering, you know, it was heat and final, so we had a good look at the. 
um, the form and everyone thought it was a four horse race really but um, yeah it, it improved dramatically and there was a little bit of a I think that some of the favourites might have overdid it a bit in the early section but um, full credit to the winner it won really well Bred by Jess Tubbs would you believe and it's a yeah. it's a it's a sort of betting line which is a pacing size so um, uh, unbelievable really Prince of Rock I thought nearly won it 150 to 1 the locomotive had his chances and then yeah, they just did too much work up front, London to a brick, and um, also the favourite, Love Me Too. So that was the story in the Victoria Derby final. We had High Step that won the Redwood Classic. I was watching Sydney as well yesterday. Boy, there's a couple of nice two-year-olds. Um, yeah. My Ultimate Ronnie was successful. Captain's Queen was successful. But um, Lux at Turner is something extraordinary really 149.9 with the plug still in well, looks like a star doesn't she yep. um, and doesn't look like just a two year old either so it looks like she can keep going on so um, exciting future there yep that daughter of of course Captain Treacherous and then Nathan Street continued on his winning way to take it's out effort there. yeah for Freddie Tavia well done there and mm. I keep smiling sat outside yeah. a major delight and made her look second rate what a filly she oh, no. is I know, and, and they've only had, a, I think, four starts for Team McCarthy. Um, yeah. You know, I had a good record when the Hewitts had it as well, but she has taken another step. But, uh, gee, this looks like it's got so much depth to it. So, yeah, um, yeah our ranks are looking very, very thick when you look at those horses. So. Yeah. Um, and don't forget Swayze. Swayze was unbelievable as well. Um, we'll be going over to New Zealand to um, hopefully take some of their money. Yeah, I think you'll be tough to beat. I still think you can have something on the Belinda McCarthy trained pacer in that New Zealand Cup as well um, that we've seen perform really well at a high level um, for a long Spirit time. Of Louis now. You're talking yeah, about? Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah. I didn't think yep. he was too bad the other day. So No, uh, not too bad. But, mm. What are we going to do with Catch a Wave? Well, I think that um, he's probably showing that he's a, he's a really, really good horse in really good class. So, when he had to be the enforcer the other night, well, I went slow early, and I think that was the crucial part. Then he had to do all the work. They still broke the clock. Um, yeah, he didn't win, but I think I think it just shows how hard it is for our yep. good horses to win in that company because we don't have random barrier draws. So every start, they've usually got to give them a head start because of the draws. And then we have high-quality horses that can lead, and if they get away with one slow section, then it's nearly mathematically impossible for these good horses to win sometimes. So um, they're not motor cars and um, yeah, it's just very, very hard to beat some of these good horses when um, they find the front. The ladies in red was superb. Well done to Harness Racing South Australia. I thought they put on a really good night there. Yeah, with it looked their like cup. a great carnival, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, they did well. Where's the gold? Good competitive taking... racing and yeah, yeah, really good. Where's the gold taking out the big cup? Good on you, Daz. We'll yep. catch up with you tomorrow, mate. See ya. 9.43, let's uh, catch up now with Matty Claridge because we're racing in New Zealand. The dogs and grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhound Racing. G'day, Matty. Hey, mate. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday to you. Take it away with your best. Okay, got three from Eddington. Uh, first one being race four, number two, after dinner. Um, only two starts so far. Had a slick one last time, though, and I think the draw here is really nice. Um, has more box speed than most, but we are getting a bit of value around it, so I'm thinking two units each way at around the 650 quote. And then we move on to race nine, number two, Centurion. Uh, star chase over these longer trips. Bounce back to winning ways in very good field last time. Um, he just needs a bit of early toe from the very nice draw to be doubling up. 
uh, five units at around a dollar eighty-five, and then we finish off the next race after that. Race ten, number four, Homebush Gina. Um, I think a recent form stacks up in a field like this, including a brave effort for second last time. She's got good stats in the blue rug as well, and I think the vacant box on her outside will give her plenty of room early. Uh, three units at two dollars eighty for her. Love your work, Manny. Good luck today. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Same to you. There's Matty Clary's there, and we love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand greyhounds. And it was a big day for New Zealand once again at Mooney Valley with Imperatrice and Prowess, and Butch Castle joins us. Butch, well done, mate. She was super prowess especially. Yeah, she was outstanding, wasn't she? We've talked about it last week. We watched a gallop here between uh, races uh, on the Saturday of our Labour weekend and her work was just extraordinary, uh, particularly how much she'd come on and since that race first up and, and came on further. And Look, I know that they were disappointed that they couldn't have her for the big dance on Saturday with a few things that went wrong, but maybe a blessing in disguise for next year, the fact she's been there on the day. She got the softer kill, uh, if you like, and all things being equal, she'll be back there in 363 days' time for uh, the Cox Plate, I'm sure. All right, then. Um, Imperatrice, impressive once again. Can't wait now to see what she can do at Flemington. Yeah, she just takes it to a new level, doesn't she? This was uh, an interesting change for her, leading them up. And I think when she bounced the machine as well as she did, and that's why Opie is so good, he uh, took uh, the initiative, uh, had her uh, rolling along in front after the click up just before the corner and really did it in a bit of a hand canter, didn't he? He just completely yeah. second rated them. It looks like it looked like that was what she was going to do on paper. It doesn't always transpire like that as we know on the race course, but it did on this occasion and uh, she's just a freakish galloper that has an incredible win ratio. Uh, she's uh, uh, she just loves the valley as we know and yep, as you say, going to the straight uh, six of uh, the champion sprint at Flemington, that'll be uh, another dimension that she needs to add, but no reason why she can't, just flying at the moment. Burned a shine, impressive in the 2000 Guineas trial. He was down south, took him down there, got up to the mile on Saturday and he uh, fought them off. Uh, he's now on the third line of betting uh, behind our old mate Crochetti at $1.75. He's, I think, $8 now. Burned to shine for the uh, 2000 Guineas. Uh, look, he'll need to lift to another level to get past Crochetti in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but what he did on Saturday showed that the mile certainly suits him uh, down to the ground. He'd been there and thereabouts in some good company uh, here in the north and uh, he was able to take that form south up to the mile and get the job done. Desert Lightning was impressive in, in its return? Yeah, it was. Desert Lightning, look, he'd raced in the best company as a three-year-old, um, trained by Peter and Dawn Williams, and uh, races in the Barnswood uh, Farm Colours. And, look, he was uh, really impressive on Saturday at a distance, short of his best, 1,200, but those good horses can sprint well in the fresh state, can't they? And that's what he did. Not sure uh, what they've got lined up for him, maybe a Copeland's Mile, uh, is on his dance card, and if it is, he'll be pretty competitive. Uh, as I say, he was a really good racehorse, raced in the in the best company as a three-year-old, and he's come back well as a 40-year-old. An impendable impressive. Yes, he was. Uh, look, there was plenty going on in the race, wasn't there? I don't know if you've seen it, but have a look at Luberon and mm. your um, uh, Celine Gaudry uh, that came over to uh, ride on Saturday. She would have got the fright of her life when Luberon just went left and kept going left and through the outside fence. Uh, looked like she had the race uh, well and truly uh, parceled up at that stage before completely losing her compass. She'll come back, only superficial injuries. 
I think, still on target to head uh, to Rickerton. Yeah. Uh, so let's hope so, uh, because uh, the way that she was going, you would have thought she would have won. But Impendabel able to capitalise on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, another that had uh, raced without much luck, uh, didn't have any luck resuming at Hawke's Bay, then ran into Crocetti when running second to him here at Tarapa. And uh, she got a deserved win. She'd raced yeah. uh, in the best company as a two-year-old as well. Form around that race will be really strong. I've got about yeah, five seconds. I yeah. thought Mary Shan was outstanding, so she's one to watch as she gets up to the mile at Rickett. This is Wadeley. Our spring racing means test after Cox Plate Day. I, I, I have questions. Did they fire the Mr. Brightside streamers into the air from the top of the grandstand? It did look like he'd won. And Mark in Vermont is feeling that. I was shattered that Mr. Brightside didn't win the race. Watching it live, I thought he'd won. But no, good win by Romantic Warrior, though. Great race. Great race indeed. All right, the big opinions are sitting here in the studio. Johnny O'Neill, welcome. Good morning, Jared. Great race. Fantastic uh, time for the horses. Probably not so good for the owners, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, it's when, it, when so much of the track is a construction site and the offices are where you it must used be a to real challenge. Around. It must oh, be a yeah. real challenge, but I will, you know, I will sort of we'll talk about it at length, I would imagine. But no power, no internet. No food, no hot food, can't get in the mounting yard. I think I'd rather stick a pen in my Jared, than go there again. <laughs> <Right>. Thank you. <laughs> Wayne Hawks, hello. Good morning. That's why I didn't go. There you go. You know what? It's, it's obviously the days that you want to have runners, but if you don't have a runner, so be it. But yep. as I've said on your show and Gareth's show for the last couple of years, with the prize money discrepancy, and it is a discrepancy, let's be honest, I think that's as good a word as any, you won't have horses coming to Melbourne anymore. I mean, the Cox Plate's going to be the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup. Cup week's going to be huge. But, gee whiz, I mean, the support cast is going to be, uh, you know, far and uh, far and wide, isn't it? I mean, it's just – the. and I think last year we were doing it, but we were just a touch hesitant, whereas this year everyone's gone, nope, we are not going to Melbourne. We're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm sure we're going to talk about Amelia's Jewel going to Sydney. We're talking about I Wish I Win that went to Sydney. Brightside went to Sydney. All of our best horses, pretty much other than Alligator Blood, and he's probably trained in Sydney, all of them have been going back to Sydney. Yep. So there, there are challenges, but there's also a glow after the Cox Plate. Is that's why it's the championship race. It's the race. The, the words of Les Carline were ringing in my ears as I walked to the car on Saturday night. It was masterpiece after masterpiece, he used to say, and it was a masterpiece. On Saturday, Gareth Hall, hello. Hello, Jared. The floor is yours for the King's Gambit. Well, I thought the Cox Plate was one of the the great finishes that I've seen in our great race. It had it all. The build-up was something else because you had so many different opinions. And from experts and from racing fans, you had opinions that Romantic Warrior couldn't win. A Cox Plate, he was a false favourite after what we saw in the Turnbull Stakes. Mr. Brightside wouldn't get 2,000 metres. Alligator Blood wouldn't get 2,000 metres. Militarise is a superstar three-year-old with Zach Lloyd aboard. Um, can Fangirl get 2,000 metres? Should she be 30 to 1 or $6.50? So there were so many different unknowns and great debates leading up to the Cox Plate, and it didn't let us down. It was one of the great races. So some superb rides, like William's ride on Mr. Brightside with something else. James McDonald, to do what he did to put that horse, Romantic Warrior, where he did after 400 metres... Um, was just J-Mac at his best. And then to allow Tim Clark to come off the fence with Alligator Blood was another masterstroke. So it was a great finish. I thought that Mr. Brightside had won. Um, 
but I was relieved once I heard the Matty Hill say that um, Romantic Warriors got the photo. So the best horse won the race. Yes. And the best weight for age form ran second and third. Correct. Mr. Brightside and Alligator yep. Blood. And Les used to say it's the right race at the right time, at the right track, over the right distance, run under the weight for age conditions, a timeless test of class. And Johnny O'Neill, I thought it was every bit of that. I agree with you, Jared. I think uh, the winners, superstars, second and third were enormous. I thought Damien's ride on Jewess to run fourth was extraordinary. Uh, we didn't think that horse would measure up, so um, certainly hats off to, to Ed Cummings there. Gold Trip was a huge run. Coming back from the 2400, I thought Damien's lane, uh, his ride on Zaki was really, really good. And I thought Fangirl's very unlucky. Mm. Actually, if you go back and have a look, he, he, you know, he had to take his medicine on her. And uh, I, I will say in another 150 metres, it would have been fighting at the finish for sure. So elite racing. Um, and look, what a pleasure it is to see James McDonald do his thing. Um, and everybody knows I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge fan of J-Mac. Oh, but oh, I, just really? thought, I just thought the ride was... <laughs> extraordinary in this time of the year. We said it last week, the cream really rises to the top. So, uh, so hats off to the, to the boys from Hong Kong to bring the horse over and, uh, we're all willing to pot it. it. Was a little bit fat, a little bit like myself and Wayne uh, first up, but started Split to look like you and you and uh, and Gareth second up. Yeah. So they've done a good job working the the pounds off. We'll get to Gold Trip in just a moment. It'll be interesting to hear what Johnny has to say about Gold Trip after he said he's got none in the Melbourne Cup after the Caulfield Cup way. I thought some of the rides in that race were nothing short of amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you look at Tim Clark's ride. I don't know anyone that said Tim Clark's ride was amazing. It was a 200 out of 10. He was riding that horse to get the 2,040. And I reckon he, did, he got about 2,030. Yeah. Let's be fair He gets about 1950 it. No, 100%. Yeah. And, and that was always his question going in. I mean, on the corner, I was watching him. And I thought, you're home. You're home. You've just, you're cuddling. He was cuddling come on the corner. And uh, gee, goosebumps just jump up again. It was like uh, all too hard back in the three-year-old day and Seaman's push go and he went and one came over the top of him. It was exactly the same sort of scenario. But I thought his ride, you know, everyone spoke about Jay McAnally, he got on the back of him and let him get to where he got. But he just didn't go. He just waited, waited, waited. And then you saw Craig Williams slow out the gates and then manoeuvre to where he got, then darted back to the inside. And, I mean, you're going for inside runs in Cox Plates and you're uh, – well, you know, unfortunately, the Hayes crew thought they'd won. What reminded me was, um, was it Doremus, wasn't it? Was it the Melbourne yeah, Cup? Right. Yeah, when G Hall just went absolutely bananas. And yes, they did shoot off the uh, Mr. Brightside colours because right. I heard Ben Hayes say, and I saw those streamers go off, yeah. so I got even more excited. Poor buggers. I mean, you imagine you think you've won. So the, the big issue is the thrilling finish and yeah. all that's associated with it is James McDonald thinks he's lost and the Mr. Brightside crew are sure that they've won and then it cruelly turns. And I was talking to a few of the, the, the um, racing goers there on Saturday and you didn't really need to have a bet for the Cox Plate. Everybody like enjoyed an, an investment in, in the great race, but it was such a, with all the narratives leading in towards the Cox Plate, and people had their sides. Like, people love Mr. Brightside and they love Alligator Blood. And I was talking to a few of the owners and a few of the backers of those two horses on Saturday. And, Jared, I don't know what the, the listeners say on the text message, but it's like, it was like your football side lost by a point in the last kick of the day, especially for Brightside. You thought you had won that, that AFL Grand Final or that World Cup? It was, a, it was like the prelims this yeah. year, wasn't it? 
and you got taken away from you. And it's devastating. Those owners were devastated. It was like you lost a football match and you're in mourning in a way. You're proud of your horse, but you were so close and you think to yourself, well, will I get another chance to win a Cox Plate? It would, would you have might been not. really you, no. It would you, have been you actually really might, tough. You actually might not. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. I mean, to be fair, the Hayes boys are upbeat. Going, we're only thirties and twenties, and we'll get our chance. No, no you're not. No. You might not ever ever get another horse on that day. I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what. Champions. What Monroe about Champions Day? What about Champions Day? The last Saturday, you're probably going to have Alligator Blood and Brightside in the mile. They should just it's have going a match be race. Extraordinary. Yeah, hopefully, fan it's going to be as well. And, well, yeah. it's going to be unbelievable. So just. With Romantic Warrior winning, so I do feel this is one of those moments. I think sometimes we kid ourselves when the internationals win that this actually reverberates and we try to comfort ourselves that, oh, one of the world's best horses came and beat him. And it's very rarely true, but this was a real genuine moment. This is Hong Kong's champion horse. They almost never come here. They came here with all the right paraphernalia, including their own caller. Let's hope they never come I was again. Alongside eh? up the top, and it, th- this one matters, and <laughs> yeah. and it matters in world racing, and it matters in Hong Kong racing, rather than just being a, a side note. Oh, by the way, one of our horses won in Australia. Well, just quickly, I mean, it was when Chris Munts um, did his time and was in trouble, and then Peter Volandis brought him back to where uh, well, he went back to New South Wales, and Peter Volandis licensed him so he could be a jockey. And the Hong Kong Jockey Club in New South Wales have had a real Ding dong, you know, over the last 10 years. So it was good that they've came back to, uh, you know, do what they've done on the weekend. I realise why he didn't go to Japan, however, Jared. There was a horse by the name of Equinox that won the 10A yeah. show. Yeah, it and might he, be in the means test a bit later a on. A little later on, but that's why he, <laughs> there'll be more Hong Kong gallopers coming here instead of Japan if Equinox is still racing. So he's, yeah. a, he's a great Cox Plate winner, Romantic Warrior, isn't yeah. he? Like he's an instant great winner of the race, I think. We, we, we had a few in the last 20 years, <clears throat> shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but the Pinker Pinkers, and there has been a few over the years that you look back and you go, maybe they don't quite match up to the great greats. But when you look at the, um, do we have a Miller's Guide anymore? For all the older people listening, the <laughs> Miller's Guide, how good was that? We all had one. But you know what, you look back at the Miller's Guide at the, the previous winners, most horses you look and you go, yeah, it's a good horse's race, isn't it? Simple as that. He's yeah. one of the best. I think he's one of the best. He... Uh, to to come out when he did with all the speculation around the extra weight he was carrying, you know, being a bit tubby, as I said, like Wayne and myself, and, and then to run as well as what he did in the 2000 lead up, uh, and then, you know, the, a great ride, but a wonderful horse. He'll, uh, he can, he can probably come back again, Jared, I would have thought. The hero is James McDonald. It was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think that yeah. much was really clear and his emotion in the aftermath. He, he was with me a short time ago and he sort of concedes that. It was a bit reputation on the line. Uh, well, it prob- told him to come. Yes. It would want to work out. <laughs> and sitting at home, you get to see all of that and you get to hear it. Whereas you three on course, you probably you obviously didn't get to listen to Racing.com and Channel 7 like I was. Tape one and flicking back and forth. But- well, we couldn't listen to it because there was no power. <laughs> That was so, not a lead-in from me either. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So at the end of the day, why he was so emotional was, had to be, was because he said, yes, this he could do the job, but also he's been doing all the work. He's been doing all the work on this horse. I mean, to be at Flemington 7 o'clock Sunday morning, to be at Werribee 7 o'clock Sunday morning, the day after races, he has to fly down on a Saturday night. So there's no early, early planes on a Sunday morning out of Sydney. So he's been doing a stack of work on this horse 
as opposed to going, yeah, I can ride that thing Saturday week and line up there in the champion stakes of the 1,200 or whatever it might be and ride it and win and go, yeah, yeah, I won. Whereas the emotion was there because I reckon he, he just put more work into that horse than he probably had put into a lot of others. And that's always when the trainers and the jockeys have their argy-bargies because jockeys half don't care and things like that, whereas he cared he was putting his reputation on the line and then he actually did a stack of work on the horse. It proves that jockeys can train better than trainers. Um, and <laughs> well, go to 400 Epsom Road, yes. J-Mac. And, uh, uh, Johnny uh, O'Neill will give you a 1,000 to train. Yeah. I don't know anyone else will. Did, did you see a clip with Tom Brady talking at a, a function about what t- like gets was him fired? Was he rapping James McDonald too? Yeah, he was yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. Like yeah. He, 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 hates the, he likes to hate the opposition. I think James McDonald... He took it personally with Romantic Warrior and the knockers after Flemington, and you could hear it in his voice. I've said this on, I on numerous him. I, occasions. I admit, yeah. I admit, I knocked him. And You're it, always knocking. Yeah, knocking J-Mac. He, he no, no, not J-Mac. not J-Mac, the horse. But he, he took it personally, and this was a this was something that J-Mac desperately wanted to do with Romantic Warrior because, as you heard with you and J-Mac this morning, um, it was his project in a way. I'm looking for a little sort of on-baller midfielder for the Tigers. Some hope, Mac, some hope yeah. off season. And I've got to know. Is there anything no, he can't do? I've got to know no regarding you too with J Mac that I won't reveal just yet. With me, yeah, yes, with me, me. oh me, oh that, great. The two beaten horses, so Mr. Brightside and yes. Alligator Blood. I feel like their reputations and their CVs were enhanced by what happened. This has been the spring where they finally got their due. Um, Mr. Brightside elevated by some to the best horse in the country for a while and then got beaten in Sydney. Her- just heroic. And Alligator Blood's been finally getting the plaudits with a CV to match might and power without the um, without the accolades along the way. I feel like that there's a set of horses in Cox Plates who emerge vanquished but enhanced and Mahogany's one of those and our Waverly Star's probably that it's his category isn't it our Waverly Star so they're in the our Waverly Star category for me I think across the um the racing industry and we've been talking about it a lot over the last sort of month or so we, we were desperate to get a heap of competitive weight for age group one quality horses and we actually saw that on Saturday um even though we loved seeing Winks go round and, you know, she would win every week and, and, and we would love to see Animo go around and he was similar and Black Caviar. To actually get back to the old days when we had Better Loosen Up and Super Impose and Vogue. Shaftesbury Avenue and Vogue, Vogue. Rogue, those type of horses would At go Jack. out and the four or five of them would compete. Tie the Knot was another great horse that came up year after year. And you'd go to Cox Plates and you'd go to the, the lead-in group Sunline one races Northerly. and there'd be five or six or seven horses all in the market that not so much took turns, but there wasn't much between them. So I so think you see that, that on the weekend. Winks, winks at a dollar fifty up against, yeah, or a race where it's five to one the field. To be fair, and everyone's got an opinion. Well, well, I think from an owner's perspective, I mean, it was always frustrating because you'd invest in horses, you'd have nice horses, and you're running against Winks, and you got no hope. Yeah, so, so I think I yeah. think there are two styles of Cox Plate. One's the Coronation, yeah, and the Coronations are the one that are the ones that sort of um, they are enshrined in history. So that the day mightn't be as competitive. And then there's the actual heavyweight bout. So who's the champ here? And a fusion of both. There's some years you get the coronation and some years you get the heavyweight bout. And we got it this year. And, and the champ proved to be the champ. And there's a lot of debate in the aftermath. So let's have the debate around what the 
Cox Plate Carnival is, the Friday night into Saturday. So I think there are about 8,000 there on Friday night. Um, and then it's, I was, it's bloody hard to stage a major event at a construction site. And that's what Mooney Valley is at the moment. And there's going to be two more. There's going to be two more Cox Plate days, which I presume will get harder and harder to stage given all that's going around. And then I also think that the incredible gamble of redoing the track when history says, as part of what Liz says, it's it's the right race and it's the right time. It's also the right track. And they're going to dig it up and and start from scratch. I think it's an amazing scenario that Mooney Valley has constructed for itself at the moment. And look, I can say from an owner's perspective, and I, I did go out, we were lucky. We had a, we had a two-year-old race, um, a, a, a two-year-old race winner earlier in the day, which was really good. But from an owner's perspective, Jared, I'm not quite sure how, how they're going to deal with it over the next couple of years. Um, you know, we're talking about promoting racing and getting people there. What's pretty clear... Danny Shum didn't care for the record. He was pretty happy with it all. Go to the winning owner's store. They never complain. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, from my perspective and and a heap of our other owners, there's always challenges, Jared, isn't there, when you're on and working in construction sites. But we really need to be working around that because the experience from an owner's perspective on the weekend... And I'm not not dirty because we didn't win the Cox Plate. We had a runner in the race and we weren't good enough and... But having said that, you know, we, we did win another race and it's just so frustrating. We just couldn't get anywhere. People were on level two, paid $6,000 for a table. But isn't that, why, isn't that why they're Power redoing out, it? No TVs, no food. And again, these are challenges that major events always face. So I'm, I'm not having a crack at the people at Mooney Valley. They didn't intend to do any of that. That wasn't obviously part of the play. So... At the end of the day, they did the best job they could do in the environment. But I have to say, from an owner's experience, it was it was bloody terrible. And I couldn't get in the mounting yard. And when I did, I couldn't get all the other owners in the mounting yard. It's too small. Sure, they're gonna they're adjusting that. We know that. But in the interim, we're talking about promoting racing and wanting to get people back to the races. You get the good horses there, people go to the races. There's no doubt about that. But having nightclubs in the middle of a racing environment. If they want to do it, they should put it all in the middle and go and have a heap of fun in there because I couldn't hear a race. I couldn't see a fluctuation on a screen and it was terrible. I thought the facilities were terrible. Having said that, I'm sure they didn't mean the power to go out and those other challenges. It was just no good. Well, on track or was your yeah, experience? Yeah, I was on track. Like I didn't mind. I thought it wasn't as busy as I thought it would be. Um I love the valley. I love the Cox Plate. I love the roar at the start. Yeah. But you couldn't get a bet on, um, and that was frustrating. So the internet's down in, in 2023, people bet on their phone. So it would have affected turnover on that day, especially on track. Um, but apart from that, I think they, they've tried to do the, the best that they possibly can under the circumstances. But Caulfield had a construction site. Yeah. They didn't have too many problems. Caulfield, they run their carnival beautifully. Mooney Valley had a farm, like a... a like um, it was a, there was more problems that seemed to be there on Saturday. But I think the programming Friday night, I like the Mooney Valley Cup there. You've got to have the best sprint on the big day. So have the the, the Manicato on the Saturday. And you, the Friday night meeting is important for Mooney Valley because they, they need the money because that's one of their biggest revenue nights. It would be interesting. Know, I'd like to see that. the numbers on that in the aftermath. Yeah. I'm with, pretty with 8, sure. There. Yeah. Uh, your, your idea lived with me all week is to put it all together as this incredible Saturday. Uh, and I do wonder whether Friday night has outlived its worth now. We can't so, have, so we can't a, have 15 hours. No, it would be 12 what? hour day with no, no internet. 
<laughs> you can't. You can't. That, that, and limited, that, that and, and limited prize money. Issue, yeah. but I still, I still think they just have a Super Saturday and make it a Super Saturday. But the track played beautifully. Hats off I'm to not Marty disputing, Simon. But I'm still not disputing about the track because no. I want to know, and what Jared was alluding to, and I'll say it, I have been told that they don't make money on Friday night. So if they don't make money on Friday night, get rid of it. Just have Saturday, start the first at 12, have your normal eight races, and then once the rest of the country comes towards a finish, instead of plugging in the, the wizard from the west in Perth, you're going to go race 9, 10, 11, 12, and, and you know what? Run the Cox Plate at night. Try it once. And I'll tell you why. We have this big thing every year in about August. People like Jared always are talking about night grand final, day grand final. The NRL Grand Final is a magnificent spectacle. I've been there. I've I've watched it on TV and do and do every year. Mooney Valley Under Lights is magnificent. Let's try it once. The only person that would be kicking back, I would think, might be if it was Channel 7's day or Channel 10's got it or Channel 9's got it because they want to run it before they go to the uh, to the well, news. Well, the cost plate will have to be under lights when they start again after the, the right. reconstruction well, because of the, the way you, you have a look now, I'm no expert, yeah. but the sun will be right in everyone's face. But that's what Jared's talking about. Yeah, so we're, run, we're running at the wrong time. Correct. Is that shadow on the winning post? That's right. Was, was, the sun was hugely problematic and it was only really problematic for one race. You've got to run we're running at the, the exact wrong time. It yeah. was fine from Peritrees. Ben Hayes said he last. did not see Romantic Warrior because of the shadows yeah, where he was yeah. sitting. It's really Cox odd. plate's got to be run at night. If you're gonna, yeah. I th- I th- I th- there's two layers here. One is they've got two years to navigate with the track as it is, which I think gives them a free pass. To do it. See Just if, do it what once. could we reimagine for once. the laugh for the farewell? And then what is it going to be once the new valley is? But built? you're right though. The new valley is going to be different because if the people don't realise that what what you're doing is instead of uh, if it if it's you know north and south, they're going to turn around and be east and west where the winning post is going to be. The winning post is going to be at about the 400-metre mark. So the Mooney Valley, as we know it, it's not just getting ripped up. It's getting moved back, backwards 400 metres. So the whole track is going to be completely different to how it is. I hope they don't lose the mystique of the Cox Plate when they do it. Uh, So we debate there. Uh, Big race integrity and paratrees we're going to talk about next. Can you be the best sprinter in the land if you didn't front up in the Everest? Mm. We'll ponder that on the means test, which is for the ultimate Melbourne Cup day at the Osborne South Yarra and my racehorse at showtime, myracehorse.com. Now back to Waitley. Imperatrice glides around the corner, three lengths in front of Uncommon James, then I am me up the middle, but Imperatrice called upon, still three lengths in front, and the Tangerine Tsunami's going to do it again. Imperatrice won it well, second, I am me, Uncommon James or the Inferno for third. Imperatrice victory in the Manicato. So for Mooney Valley sprinting, she did the triple crown, the William Reed, the Moya and the Manicato. It again proves that Cox Plate Day has always been better when Manicato Stakes Day is part of it. And it made for a beautiful hour to see that sensational sprinter into the Hong Kong champ. And the fact that she led, which I think surprised a few through the first 200 going, are we happy with this or not? And it was a romp. Worked out why she led because Buddhist notches, and it was sad that we didn't get to see him take on Imperatrice because he had the Everest form line. So he was scratched at the barrier. It took a couple of minutes to get him out of the gates and then vetted. And while that was going on, a couple of the speed stars that we thought would jump and be on pace 
were stuck in the barriers for three or four minutes just standing there patiently while Imperatrice was walking around the back on her toes. She walks into the gates. They let the gates um, they, they, they let the gates crash back, and away she goes. She leads pretty easily. Once she led, they were never going to beat her. So but, you think she's a Mooney Valley great? Don't yes. You? I think she – and I don't, Wayne, you can speak about this. She's Mr. Brightside, that, isn't he? Look yeah. at him. He, yeah. he improves 400 metres, Mr. Brightside. Just explain to the listeners about the way that she can change her leg around Mooney Valley and, and just what changing the leg is when you hear Mickey D and Opie Bossom talk about her. When you're, if you're going Melbourne way of going, your left leg, your front left leg is the first leg out in front. Mm. And then if you're going in Sydney way again, the opposite way, you want them to have their right leg leading first. So it's the first step is with your right leg is the better way to say it. But it's an amazing thing, though, because when you run down the straight, Gareth. Different ball game. Sydney horses, you think, wow, right down the outside yeah. fence, no cigar. Best thing about Imperatrice was it just added another string to her bow, really that she could jump and lead. And I, I was exactly like you, what you said, Jared. The first 200 metres, I thought, ooh, mm. gee whiz, uh, you know what? But it just shows, I mean, look at you with Amelia's jewel, Gareth. You've told me a hundred times, she doesn't need to be back last. It's because of bad barriers. Imperatrib's lobbed, Imperatriz lobbed two in front, literally. And he was smart and said, let's go forward and let's not do anything silly. And you know what? It was great to see what she did and hats off to them for not chasing the money. No, track, I want to get to that in a tick. The track played really well. You highlighted that earlier, but you still needed to be up there. There wasn't yeah. any point being four or five yeah, But you back, say but, that. But that's Mooney well, Valley. Yeah, but that's, hang on, hang on, hang on. To be fair, right, when you've got Imperatrice in front and you're three lengths off her, I don't care who you are. You need yeah, to be no, Chautauqua. No, I agree with that. But well, you I'm need just, to be Black Caviar to be in, in contention. I agree with that. I'm She's saying the good. track played really well. Mm-hmm. There wasn't ridiculous bias, but at Mooney Valley, it's history will say you yeah. need to be sort of up in the first four or five, and you give yourself a better chance. So for Imperatrice to show the versatility, and I, and I, I do agree that um, she went in late and, you know, from a, from a racing perspective, had a chance to jump to the front. There would have been no chance that he was ever going to lead on that horse. That horse clearly races better yep. with cover to let go, but to be able to go and control the race like that and win as easy as what it did, it's easily the best sprinter in Australia. Yeah, so I, I, I would challenge that is, so that was the C graders. I am me won the consolation Agreed. to the Everest and she didn't go. So, so the, the way to claim the mantle is to go to the Everest and win. And I think she would have run favorite. I don't know whether she would have won or not, but I, I'm not falling over myself to have her ahead of the, the Everest Quinella in the rankings of our sprinters. And the problem is, is they're not going to meet in this carnival. So where does she go now? She goes champions last day. Yeah, and from there. Well, she probably either they make a decision whether they retire her or give her another go in the autumn. Probably another go in the autumn, and then they retire after the autumn, or they might even go to Royal Ascot. But the this is where the this is from a racing fan point of view, and I can understand what Volandis is doing. But by putting on the Giga Kick, you're getting the Everest or most of the Everest horses going there, and think about it in private eye. And the the champion sprint, it's basically a clash between Australia's queen and Imperatrice, New Zealand's queen down the straight at Flemington. And that's the that's the the battle that we're talking about. She's never about. been there. Opie Bosson's never won up the straight. No. <laughs> He's never he, he he said post race, he said he said both of us he Who do you back? Well I'm within secret. I'm ba- I'm backing my horse. Is yeah, it, man. I thought it was <laughs> staying for the giga kick. Well, you're wrong. Oh, oh. 
about told, time you opened up and shared a bit of that information with listeners, Ru- Wayne. I was talking to Rupert Lee on Thursday. Don't yeah. start all that crap. No, I was. Don't start all that crap. Rupert's a vet. Look, Get back Rupert, to Imperatrix. All Rupert Get wants back to do is share Imperatrix. info, and you don't. It's Imperatrix has to go the 1,200 metres. Does she need to run the Everest to be crowned as the best? Well, isn't that the... Trying to line up a Sydney horse versus a Melbourne horse, Jared. I, mean, I just think I think the Everest is now our premier sprint. Yeah, I would agree. I would and agree and with she that. could have gone there and, the and second, didn't go there. So I'm not prepared to have her ahead of Think About It. No. Well, that's think, you know think about but its that, record. But isn't that good pub debate? But I mean, yeah. It, but, but yeah, but the Spring Carnival used to be about settling the pub debate. Yes. All right, this is the race. Yeah, but Everyone it's not comes happen together now because we're going to be split up. Like well, this I would still argue they they should have gone to the Everest. So does she go to the Everest as a six year old man? Oh, I, th- well, I personally I think they missed their would. moment. They, they, this was no, the year to no, go. No, she won't because she'll be a stud next year. Unless they decide to say, bugger it, we're going to do what Bla- uh, Winks did and we're just going to keep going. Just quickly, Chautauqua was champion sprinter of the world means zero. It's good pub talk, but it means zero no, when you've got it. Yeah, but he and went no, to the championship races in the TJ and he won it three yeah, but times. That's because they were there. Imperatrice stayed home and she won the group ones, Jared. She's won the G1s on her pedigree. She didn't chase the money and a, and a nothing race on the pedigree. Yeah, page. and that's okay. It's, it's a great it's a great record. But I'm not she's I'm not anointing her a champion, and I'm not saying yeah. she's the best sprinter in and the land because tough. she hasn't proven. You're very. It. And do you know why it means something? Because the great Jared Waitley, when you talk about Imperatrix's legacy, that's her legacy. He's not talking about she's the greatest of all time, and she no. could have been the greatest of all time. But if no, she runs no, away from it. She's not. She's well, not one black of, caviar or Chautauqua. No, one, so come one on. of. All right. I feel the pre- we're going to pressure She's index. She's the best since Placid Arc and those okay. horses. After Nathan in the newsroom. The pressure index, Mark Zara had to make the choice. What a choice to be able to make between without a fight and gold trip for the Melbourne Cup. He's gone with the Caulfield Cup winner over his Melbourne Cup winner. How big a decision is that? Well, it was pretty easy once you have a look at the weather report. It's beautiful conditions for Cup Week, so it'll be a good track. Gold Trip probably needs a little bit of sting out of the ground. He has to carry 58.5 Gold Trip, 56.5 without a fight. Mark Sara believes that he'll get a strong two miles after what he did in the Caulfield Cup. And for me, Johnny, I can't believe that you're getting $8 without a fight and four fifty for Gold Trip. The two best jockeys in Australia at the moment are riding those two horses, and neither of them. We'll be celebrating on Melbourne Cup. <laughs> oh, you're getting sooky. You've lost your rider. Geez, you're a bad sport. I'm not, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just telling you, the two well, best riders in Australia, they may clean up and win everything else. I haven't looked at all their derby rides and Oakses and Champions Miles and whatever else they're mm. sitting on, but neither of them will be drinking Lala. out of the Melbourne Cup yeah, unless Suki they're Lala. sitting... With Ozzy and myself. Okay. And then we'll Suki let them Lala. drink out of the cup. Oh, yeah, they can okay. have as much as they so want. So you're going from Sookie Lala to go on the early crow. Well, well, I'm not due, doing early crows. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not going yes, early crows. Yes, you are. You're due this spring yeah, anyway. We know a lot of people, mate. So we may just sit around with somebody else that wins the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> mate, and you were doing that the King Charles. The King Charles. have a drink out of it. Luke Murrell definitely won't be inviting you. I actually had a catch up with Jamie from Australian Bloodstock on Saturday. He's in good form. How was he? Larry, uh, Lance, sorry, I can't remember his name. Sorry, Jamie. We have yes, 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 and oh no's to come. The racing means test is for the Osborne. Join us at the Osborne rooftop bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day celebration. And my racehorse owned today from just $39. My racehorse, it's showtime, myracehorse.com, T's and C's online. Melbourne's weather, showers showers increasing the top of 22 for city power, supply and power to homes in the CBD and in the suburbs. Waitley on SEN.
Tom Kitten got to the front, 200 metres to run, and Tom's going strongly. Look at Tom go. Two, three, four in front. Capra down the outside in a second. Now that's the best of Tom Kitten today. A much deserved Group One victory. Tom Kitten won the Spring Champion in a cakewalk. The next big thing for Mac is the new McCrispy. It's the next big thing, Tom Kitten. Now the only problem with that is that did pro- uh, was absolutely agree with everything Darren Flindell said. There needs to be a loyalty program in racing. So if you've been backing Tom Kitten, hello, <laughs> three eighty favourite beaten, two dollar favourite beaten, two dollars sixty favourite beaten, and you'd have to take two forty. You You're on. never getting square. You didn't. Did you get on? Yes, but you can't get okay. square on what's happened in this past three. There needs to be a loyalty program. You know, actually, if your account says you've backed him at his last three, you can have $5. Well, you need to be listening to Giddy Up, which I know you do, G. James Cummings at the start of the spring said this is a spring champion stakes horse. Yeah. I think it was about $13. So, God bless you. had to go so, so, we shouldn't have had anything on the other three starts. I'm exactly with Jerry. <laughs> well, Nash, we got Just Nashed a, a few times. Program. I think I own 10% <laughs> of the horse. Did I you hear that? Jealous. Did you hear that? We got Nashed. No, Nash, yeah. Nashed. Yeah. The great pity, though, he's not coming for the derby. Oh, no. He's not coming? So oh, it's he unreal. He I'm became so the favourite for the derby, and then yeah. he's not coming. He's not yeah. coming. Well, I think, you know, stallion-wise, they probably want to look to mile 2,000 yeah. mm-hmm. for him, I would have thought. And So he, will he come back for an all-star mile, that horse? Oh, Solid pace, whoosh. He can come back for better races, maybe. Cox Plate next year? Yeah, definitely. He's he's a star, the horse. said he was the best horse that he's ever ridden. What? Oh, well, he doesn't no, need after, to be ridden yeah. the way he'd been ridden. One I mean, of, one of, yeah, it could be Do one of Do you know, Tom Kitten says he's the worst jockey who's ever ridden. Yeah. <laughs> the new McCrispy, it's the next big thing today. Uh, try today at Macca's available at 10.30 a.m. I had one last Thursday night. Right, oh, right. Just this morning, look like you've had half a dozen of yes, them. Yes, 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 time. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Johnny? Love this time of the year with the jocks. All the stars rise for the punters. You just follow Frosty Lane, Mark Zara and J-Mac, and then Melbourne Cup Day, tune right into Joe Marrera. That's all you need to be doing. They're the riders you need to follow over the carnival, and it is all about responsible gambling, Jared. but those jocks, the more you bet, the more you win. I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. Wayne? Okay. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a couple. Um, overhead camera, how good yeah. is it? We, we, we talk about, you know, having to reinvent the wheel and everything like that. We, Jane we, pulled that out of your bedroom, that old that. camera. She told you that had to come out. Now you want to put it back in. I'm not saying It's a nothing. great view to fully oh, What do you mean by that, What do you mean by that, Jared? Go away. Anyway, boys, get back. Go away, Waitley. Waitley, go away. Yeah, go away. What are you doing? Let me finish my slot. Go on. Unbelievable. What else have you got? We, we're going to narrow that down and send that. Yes. No, we're not because he no, won't let not. it happen. Hurry up, Wayne. Righto, overhead camera, amazing. That should just be every week. Make no mistake about it. Simon Zara, Sale Cup with um, MacTube, had five uh, five wins from ten starts. Could have gone to Oaks Day, but decided to uh, go to the Sale Cup. And D Oliver Stakes on Saturday. They've named a great race after a great man. It's the former Lynn Lithgow. You got a yes, yes, yes. Bo Merton's brave ride on that filly, and you know what? If he if he got held up, he probably nearly loses that ride. But he he. he Took a punt. He believes in himself, Bo Mertens. Now he's a jockey of the future. Love what he did there. Snap. I yep. had that as well. And Matty Hill staying out of the Cox Plate finish. Right. When for all the world it looked like Mr. Brightside had probably got it. He's it just He gets it right most magnificent. times. Magnificent. Yes. And it adds yep. to the drama. Yes. As he goes photo and then by the time he's finished the field, he's got it. Just brilliant. Oh no. no, no, no. 
he's going first here. I'll go first. So, no, Wayne Hawks, you were at the races on Saturday, weren't you? No. Well, you were, because you leg James McDonald up. On what? Oh, you were, and you stood on his foot. What? That was Friday night. Oh, Friday night. So, James McDonald had a broken foot. He's, it's the most precious foot oh, in is racing. Is that why he did? Oh, That's okay, the I know. And Wayne Hawks, who's, well, if you stand on his foot... He could have ended the great man's carnival ways. The enclosure is the size of a so Rubik's you need cube. To, you and need I've to be my, careful. I've legged my jockey on. And I'm walking back in and someone said, hey, Augsie, how are you? I said, good, mate. And I had my head turned on the side. And all of a sudden, I've stepped on someone's foot. And they've fair pushed me, like yeah. give me the proper push, and dug me in the guts. He's broken with a whip. foot. Well, it was J-Mac. But I was, that was not being a – how do you know that anyway? Ooh. Is he talking about me? Oh, no, yes. <laughs> Johnny? So my oh, no, we uh, – we saw Nash do what he did on uh, on Tom Kitten the other day and better ride this week wins. Jason Collett, I've been all over him for the last four weeks. It's a terrible thing. I hate to do it. No, you don't. He rode a horse called Namesake in Sydney on Saturday. Well, I've never seen anything like it. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I've, I've never up the seen place. anything like it. I've bet it. up the place. <laughs> 14 and 350. Obviously, I was if gambling responsibly. won't talk to me anymore, so I have to put my heel. Back last, flew home, ran fourth, of course. No good. Wayne? We don't need to talk about the crowd at Mooney Valley, but that's got to be getting a mention. The oh no, but uh, Danny Shum, stop being a sook. I know it's pressure, Danny, and I get it and I understand. But what about this? Oh, Race of Victoria need to put more facilities at Werribee and stuff like that. Wasn't saying that after the race, were you, Danny? <laughs> Tell you sook one thing, to, Danny, we're putting nothing at Werribee. We're just yeah. going to chuck yeah, you yeah, in a paddock yeah. if you come exactly. back again, mate. Exactly. Lakeshin's right on Antino needs to be yes. St- <laughs> Oh, how did he go from outside prowess to inside he prowess? The race before, the race before oh, he rode like a legend, no. and I went, "Wow, he's going so good." Oh, in no. that race, yeah, I, I backed prowess, but how how he managed to get it beaten was mm. a work of art. He pulled the wrong um, way. We will have this something for the battlers coming next. Now back to Waitley. Gringotts is surging home. Russian conquest betray. Gringotts the outside. Favourite got up, Gringotts. That was last week's something for the battlers from Johnny O'Neill. So, Your Honour, you've got the honour. Something in the next week. I've got something Wednesday. Tuesday night, head to that Golden Square Hotel up there. There's a big Calcutta, and you need to be backing a first starter here in uh, Australia. Horse from New Zealand we've got by the name of Jimmy Star. It'll go around in a benchmark 70. At, uh, at Bendigo on Bendigo Cup Day. So have something solid each way and uh, you'll get a result. Jimmy Star, Wayne? More secrets in the Empire Rose on Saturday. Right. Something for the battlers. Get to the Osborne rooftop and bar south here to watch um, Benny Allen DJ Melbourne Cup <laughs> night. I probably can't go there because I'm burning the you're tickets. You're bad. You're bad. Um, yeah, you're and, bad. And get yeah. on Shinzo for the Battlers. It'll win the Coolmore. No and chance. The, and some some people are trying to tell me my Perth Pony's no good. She'll be winning. Perth She'll Pony. be winning the Golden Eagle. Will Amelia's not win. Jewel. Will not. Oh, please, Wayne. No, Don't not. disrespect WA like you have. You won't be shaken. Yeah, I love it. All right. Something for the Battlers there. Terrific. See you all at Flemington for Derby Day. Good luck with your endeavours along the way. See you, you and Wayne in the top. In a, up, upstairs yep. again? We'll be upstairs yep. talking to you as we go. We'll come yep. and see you in the mountain yard. You're, in, you're a whole new level with Jared, aren't you, Wayne? Oh. Tag it, tag He's it. He's got me gagged. The spring racing tied. means test. <laughs>